0: Hey fam, Todd here. I just wanted to warn you before we get started that we talk about some pretty heavy stuff in this episode. So if you're upset by discussions on gaslighting, physical or emotional abuse, and intimate partner abuse, or aliens I guess, know that we're going to talk about all of that. I think it's one of our best episodes and Jen, Mikey, and I are all very honest about our past traumas. I hope you guys enjoy it. Alright, buckle up, because this one goes places.
1: Consequence Podcast Network. This
2: episode brought to you by Nick, Nick B. B. Uh, Nick B. Fun fact: He uh, keeps feeding stray cats. He has seventeen cats living in his backyard. <gasps> is that true? I don't know. Oh, do they live in
1: his
3: backyard? <laughs> <laughs> like you're supposed to go. With oh them. <laughs> man, it's a
2: fun fact.
0: <gasps> well, that's a lot of cats, and this is coming from someone who lives with five cats. But
3: they always stay outside. Yes. Officer Boo runs a tight ship, I hear. He's a cat
0: wrangler. (laughs)
3: This episode, also brought to you by Ryan. Ryan. Hey, Ryan. So I switched up the Ryan time to be nice. And so Ryan sent me um, a DoorDash gift card the other day, and it was the coolest thing. I know. Because we've been having some um, medical stuff happening with my father-in-law, and everything's fine for now, but it's just been a little stressful. And so um, she just sent me that gift card, and so we got some barbecue last night. It was really nice. So thank you, Ryan.
2: Thanks, Ryan.
0: Well, thank you, Ryan, for that gift card. I don't at all feel like I was singled out for not a gift card, so. Yeah, thanks thanks for
2: the other (laughs) gift card, Ryan. I appreciate it.
0: What? Hang on a second. (laughs) This is bullshit. (laughs) This episode also brought to you by... Matt. Say, hey, Matt. And Matt wants to hit you guys up with some fun facts, so I have an extremely fun fact for you about Sweden, his homeland. Sweden is one of the gay-friendly countries in the world. Oh, nice. And if you had to guess, when did they legalize same-sex relationships? 1504. 70s.
2: 1504?
0: <laughs> Mikey. <laughs> I don't think laws existed back then. Uh, uh, Magna Carta did. but So you think the 70s, Jen? What do you think, Mikey? I'm going to say the 80s.
3: Or it never had to be legalized because it was never illegal. Sadly, that's <laughs> not
0: true. Uh, oh.
3: <laughs> but
0: it's been legalized since 1944. Oh. So that, wow. means, that means in the depths of World War II, they were like, this is an easy lift, guys. Let's just make this legal because it should right. be already I just love that they were like facing down Hitler and they were like, nah, we can make this legal. We have time. It's fine. Way (laughs) to go, (laughs) Sweden. I know, right? It took us like 60 more years to get it done here in the U.S. But, you know, whatever, guys. Welcome back to another episode
2: of The The
3: Patrioticals. Patrioticals.
2: All right, we're gonna keep a tight story today, okay, everyone?
3: Okay. <laughs> Famous last words. What
2: part of the story do you want to hear first? The beginning.
3: Which part has rhinocerai? <laughs> rhinocerai. <Yeah. laughs>
0: I'm sorry, that just hit me in a weird way. I fucking loved it.
2: All right, so Eddie went back to Mammaltopia, and he got he's yeah? he's okay. gathered the war elephants. They're making it a God. giant fortress. War elephants? That's amazing, right? Is
3: that like Lord of the Rings war elephants? Yep,
2: and it's like they're building a big Minas Tirith kind of place, but with like. <laughs> Same kind of shit.
3: Those are some nerd words. <laughs> <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> the
2: war machine uh, is turning yeah. for defense. We cut back to uh, Michael. He gets back to Thunderdome and he he has Tristam's body. He goes up to Isaac and tells him, Man, shit got real messed up. Both sides took heavy losses. But I took the body of one of their big generals, Tristam. And bring it here I forgot Tristam died Oh my god So Isaac's like You know what we're gonna do With this body right Is this gonna get bad (laughs) And then Michael's like I mean they're
0: cannibals Mikey (laughs) Like (laughs) I fear I know What they're gonna do Yeah Michael
2: gave him like A weird weird look But he's like We're gonna make it An evil cyborg Oh (gasps) hell yeah Like a a Tristam cop Like a robot cop Yeah like But mixed with Terminator It's like more human looking So it's like a little Terminator Michael and Isaac Decide to build This evil Terminator and And Isaac's like Cool with Michael right now So he's like Teaching him some Stuff with that
3: Is it a Tristanator Yeah it's a Tristanator Oh my god That's yes. really
2: great <laughs> Okay <laughs> He becomes an evil Cyborg with like A scratched up face He's got one red eye But he's got a lot of skin But he's has some silver Showing in But he's like Mostly human He's like a 70 70- Yeah like Terminator Mikey we get it yeah, okay You got it. it Okay you guys know what I'm Talking about <laughs> And then in the basement, Mickey Mac is talking to Matthew because he's like, Mickey Mac's like him and his koala and the, the 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 baby Bjorn, the koala Bjorn, yeah, are like looking at Matthew and um, they're like, we know who this guy is. He was a great hero in the before time, in the before four,
1: <laughs> yeah. And
2: then <laughs> Matthew's like, don't torture me. That sucks. And then, uh, <laughs> but then Kate's owl appears. Who? Who appeared? The Kate's owl. Who? <laughs> Thank you, Jen. Thank you, Jen. And it's his name is Hootie? Yeah. What? <laughs> So wait, what is Hootie doing? He delivers a message that delivers the location of where Kate's motorcycle is with the sidecar that they snuck into Thunderdome with. Who does he deliver that message? The in? owl is trained to find Matthew because they don't know he's like completely amnesia. So Hootie the
0: owl was telling him where the getaway car is. More yeah, or
2: less. yeah. Well, so Miggy Mac, the koala, and Matthew go to the motorcycle, the sidecar, and Matthew's like, look, I'm starting to remember some stuff. Mammaltopia is like way far that way, and they're like a safe place. So, like, let's get the fuck out of here.
0: Okay, so Mickey, <laughs> Mac, the koala, and Matthew leave? Yes. Where's Kate? Kate's in Thunderdome, yeah. They oh, uh, right. Actually, Hootie was like, hey, don't worry about Kate and Mr. Bubbles, because they're going to fight out for justice, right,
2: Matthew? Oh, that's right. Well, you, Matthew, they <sighs> can't, the owl can't communicate with Matthew, he can only communicate with Eddie. And he can only oh. communicate in Hootie's song lyrics. Right, exactly. So he was yeah. like while while he was while he was
0: directing them to while he was directing them to the uh, the motorcycle of a sidecar he was like hold my hand and Except they were he like what? hold hands. my hand i love this I love this. Hootie can only speak in Hootie the Blowfish <laughs> song lyrics. This is now canon. We cut to the Thunderdome. Okay.
2: Mr. Bubbles is staring down Kate with the shotgun. Kate was like, look, Mr. Bubbles, we can't fight each other.
3: I got telepathy, uh, so fuck Right, me. well,
2: yeah, then she does that. Well, Mr. Bubbles cocks the shotgun. He's like, he's like, he's going for it. Oh, no. So she uses her telekinesis, steals the shotgun, and she's like, well, if I got to do this, she shoots him in the foot. Oh, <gasps> but what? when she shoots him, it turns out that Mr. Bubbles... Was a cyborg the whole time. (gasps) What? So he was a plant? He was a plant. From Thunderdome again? Oh, my God. So she tears Mr. Bubbles apart. Circuits and all. Circuits and all. And then, like, they won't let her out because they saw her, like, rip everything apart of their mind. So she's caged into the actual Thunderdome now.
0: As you see in the background of that Thunderdome situation, Hootie is, is like guiding the other uh, you know, Mickey and Mac and the koala and Matthew to the <laughs> yeah, to yeah. the to the bike. And then they see him and they're like, Should we go help? And he goes,
2: Let her cry. Ah, yeah. <laughs> but then it cuts back to Eddie, who's like building all this stuff. And Hootie appears. He went ahead and he's <gasps> like, he tells Eddie <laughs> that Mickey Mac has turned to the good side because of the koala. And he's bringing right. Matthew back, and Eddie seems really self-pleased about it, and he hasn't a plan, but we'll find out about all that next week.
0: You're setting me <laughs> up for next week, where Hootie shows up to Kate
2: and sings, I only want to be with you. <laughs> <laughs> but everybody can't understand Hootie, so they just look at him confused. Like,
0: who yeah, are you? Like, yeah, like when we're seeing things from a Hootie's perspective in this, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. we hear him singing it perfectly, <laughs> yeah. but everyone else around him is like, what the fuck is, what is happening? I can't understand. Who is this,
1: is <laughs> <laughs>
3: Oh, my God. Will Maggie Matt get away with Matthew? Will Kate <laughs> piece together her robot friend? How many lyrics does Todd know to who in the world
0: <laughs>
1: Find out next week on another
0: episode of The, the Patreonicles. <laughs> yeah, so now it's time to thank our You Can Get It Level sponsors oh. because they can yes. truly- Get it? They
3: get it time and time again. Ooh,
0: God. just month after month they're getting mm. it. Even during quarantine, I know, man.
3: You can get it during quarantine.
0: Well, Mikey, you maybe not so much.
2: Yeah, I know. If you don't use it, do you lose it?
1: Yes. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Let's give it to those who can get it.
3: All right. So first we have Ash. Yeah. Hey, Ash. hey Ash. Yeah. Ash is getting it. <laughs> what? You're gonna okay. get it. And next up we have Karoon, and Karoon can get it as well. Karoon can
0: always get yeah, it. He's getting it. Yeah.
3: And we also have who? I mean, I guess by default they're getting it. Kayla and Aaron. Oh yeah. They also have it.
0: regular access to it, Mike. <laughs> Kayla and Aaron. I mean, we're assuming they got it. They locked it down. They got it once, and they were like. This is so good. I'm putting a ring on it. After one time, Aww. that's so soon. Mikey, some people aren't afraid of commitment. I know.
1: <laughs>
3: uh, and next we have Scott. Ooh. So Scott is getting it also. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, Scott, you truly can get it. Scott, you gots can it.
0: get it. Yeah.
3: Also, we have a new person who has shown that they can get it as well. Oh, a, new, a new person has got it. They will it. be getting yeah. it. Sean. Mikey,
0: that sounded like a threat.
2: And they will be getting (laughs) it. Sean, I will find you and you will get it.
0: (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah, Sean, you can get it. Thank you so much for joining the You Can Get It level. We appreciate the continued support.
3: And our last person who can get it, who has been getting it for so long. I know who
0: this one is. This one's Veronica. 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 Yeah. Yeah.
3: Say Veronica. Veronica been getting it.
0: Oh, yeah. She actually got married during the run of our podcast. She did, yeah. We know she's married, and she has regular access to it as well, Mikey.
3: She got it from us for a while, and then we handed her off to someone. She has begun
0: We walked her down the aisle. Mm
3: -hmm. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Well, guys, thank you
0: so much for continuing to support us and our weird little fun podcast. We really, really appreciate it. But this episode's also finally brought to you by... Chris.
3: Chris. Chris. Hey, Chris. Chris wants everyone to know that you are seen and you are loved and you're not alone. Guys,
0: do not go outside. There's theme Uh music out there and it will (gasps) kill you if you go outside. Trust me. It only
3: got on me a little bit, okay? (laughs) Don't let her in, Mikey. Don't let her in. Most of you know sometimes we have to cut our own hair. Oh, no. Corey asked me if I could do the little box thing with the razor on the bottom, you know, like on guys' hair. Yeah, I um, did a stripe right up the back of his head. What?! And he ended up having to almost shave his head.
1: (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the Horror Virgin, everyone. (laughs) Oh, my
3: God. I'm Jim.
0: I'm Mikey. And I'm your Horror Virgin, Todd, which means I don't like scary movies, but you guys make me watch them. And this week, you guys made me watch 10 Cloverfield Lane. And by you guys, I mean the listeners because you guys voted on this movie for our, what was it? Claustrophobic horror? Claustrophobic horror, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, so this is your fault, guys. Yes, it
3: is. (laughs) Yeah, we were trying to kind of get across like the we're all kind of in quarantine and trapped. And I actually, I wasn't thinking about how perfect this movie is for right now until I started watching it. And I was like, oh, lots of parallels. I didn't know that, but there are
0: lots of parallels. Yeah, it was really, really Mm -hmm. interesting. So
3: Mikey and Jen, have you guys seen this movie before? I rented it, um, I think, pretty soon after it came out. (laughs) Yeah, because I definitely had seen it before. Was this one of your blockbuster nights? It may have been a blockbuster night, yeah. Blockbuster night? No. <laughs> this is post-blockbuster. It may have been a red box. Okay, fair enough. Fair but it was before streaming. Right. So what did
0: you think about when you first saw it, Jen?
3: I loved it. Um, I I think I liked it a lot better this time just because I saw a lot more in it. But, I mean, I loved it the first time. For what it is, and we'll talk about how it connects to Cloverfield, but, like, for what it, I think it's great. And I love how contained the story is, yeah. you know? and absolutely. That it's, you think it's going to be about one thing, but it's really about something else and then it's kind of it, it's i just i think it's really well done yeah
0: when did you first see it mikey i saw it in
2: theaters like maybe opening weekend so you saw it early 2016 what did you think about it when you saw it i loved it i think it's like a great suspense film yeah and i thought john goodman i think he deserved like oh an oscar God. for this role uh, i'll say like this, this is-
0: john goodman is the best male actor in horror i will say that right now after seeing this movie and after seeing arachnophobia that motherfucker has horror <laughs> range I would say this is one of the best villain portrayals
2: on film in the last decade. Oh
0: man, this and Michael Keaton in that Spider-Man movie he was
2: in. Yeah, yeah. He's I mean, there's so not a lot good. of good villains anymore. Yeah, I love the movie when you're trying to figure out, okay, is there really a disaster one, or is this guy completely just a serial killer, bad person? Yeah, that goes mm-hmm. back and forth throughout the film, and you're like, and like, I just remember being in the theater, like, like trying to figure it out the whole way, and I and I couldn't do it.
0: Yeah, I really thought it was very, very good. It was the first time I saw it last night, and I watched it with uh, Natalie last night in bed like we watched uh, all the past movies i thought it was
2: really good it wasn't super super scary it was just like a thriller and i like oh, I, I thought it was i thought it was pretty scary when john goodman at that acid vat scene that's like the most terrifying thing i've ever Fuck,
0: seen yes to say that i like this movie and it felt more like a thriller to me than a horror it still mm-hmm. scared me there were moments that scared me and that was definitely one
2: there's just no jumps
0: no i don't know man there were that <laughs> when he's like i accept your apology and then you he immediately oh, yeah. shows you that he doesn't accept apologies correctly like that mm-hmm. really scared me I was like what the fuck
2: Jen and I talked <laughs> before we watched this we didn't know you would like the ending to this movie or not well let's just get into the
3: fucking movie yeah. and then
0: we'll talk about it when we get there okay. Because I feel like there's a lot of shit we're gonna have to unpack in this movie and I want to start unpacking there is it. Yeah. I thought
3: that I almost thought that it was more scary the second time I watched it just because I think I saw so much in it because what I what I think this movie is really about is about domestic abuse yes and being trapped in Absolutely. a domestic abuse. and so like I like the first time I saw it, and we can talk more about this as we go through it but like the first time and this was a couple of years ago. I kept thinking, is John Goodman a bad guy? Is he a good guy? What's going on? And I kept like what you were saying, going back and forth in my head. And now that I've just been going through so much therapy, like the first time I saw him, I was like, oh, no, he's yeah, a bad guy. I, I, I knew oh,
0: yeah. very early on, like especially if you were like on the line at the spaghetti dinner scene, you know, he's a bad guy. He may not right. be like a rapist murderer. Like, he, like you kind of he kind of builds oh, up to yeah, being like yeah. a possible of that. But he is definitely a bad guy. You just don't know how bad. You
2: know he's evil throughout the whole film. You just don't know how
0: evil. Yeah, you're you're wondering to what degree. But let's get into this fucking movie.
3: Okay, so we start with someone looking out the window into a city, and we're gonna find out that this is Mary Elizabeth Winstead.
2: I have a huge crush on her.
3: Yeah, I think she does amazing in this movie. And that's the thing. Like we keep we were talking about John Goodman, but I mean everybody in this movie is amazing. Like John Gallagher Jr. and they, but like, and I don't think a movie like this would work if you had a weak link with an actor. No, because there's only
0: three people in it. I mean there I realize mm-hmm. that there's the occasional other person, but there's only three people in this.
2: I think I, I think John Goodman stands out because he's so famous. Yes. And this performance transcends his like stereotypical yeah. roles. It is or, so like, out of the is box for him. S- super believable as yes. like a really bad guy like uh, yes. overcoming that like good dad good guy he usually plays kind of thing
0: yeah but this reminded me of green room on some level because john luc picard mm-hmm. is evil as fuck in that movie and like, you're so used to seeing him as like this leader an awesome person and he's like right. this horrible nazi now like so it's very it, well, was, it was sort of like that for me jen
2: in the opening when you see john goodman's truck the whole rest of the movie i'm like did he wreck her car on purpose or did she actually Absolutely. wreck?
0: I actually wrote that in my notes. I was like, oh, John mm-hmm. Goodman wrecked her car. Yeah,
3: he did. Yeah. But I think like this scene is significant. And I've read an article about this that kind of unpacked what the point of this scene at the beginning is that I'm going to post in the show notes um, because I think it fits into her narrative of this abusive relationship. Oh,
0: she's in an abusive relationship with, with Bradley she Cooper. Is. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you spoiled one of my fun facts, but. Um, oh, shit. Sorry. It, <laughs> I mean, I'm
0: assuming it was Bradley Cooper because it sounded just like him. Was it Bradley Cooper? It was Bradley Cooper. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. shit. <laughs> Well then, this movie's super unrealistic because she would never leave Bradley Cooper. That man is a sweater saint.
3: And what I love about it, and this kind of ties into the ending, is that this this is about Michelle. It's not about yes. her relationship with John Goodman's character. It's about her relationship yeah. with herself. And so, like, because we established that she is running away from something.
2: Yeah. Yes, she's running away from that relationship or Absolutely. whatever that's from going Ben. On there. Mm-hmm. His name is Ben, but
0: it's Bradley yeah. Cooper. Yeah. But in this first scene that I sort of didn't like because it was all you know music. We find out that she is a clothing designer. I I don't know. I I thought one of the most interesting things is that she had to open her nightstand with a screwdriver. Um, Hmm. But yeah, but we see her running away from this relationship.
3: Yeah. And she grabs a bottle of um, whiskey, I think. Yeah. And and
0: she leaves her wedding ring on the table. She does.
3: Yeah. Or engagement ring. Yeah. So now she's driving through country roads. Yeah. I think we're starting to hear some news about everything being fucked up.
0: Really, the first dialogue in this movie is the news. And then we get a phone call from Bradley Cooper.
3: She actually doesn't speak until like 10 minutes into the movie. Yeah. Which I also think might be part of the arc of her character. But so she is driving and we're starting to hear like there are just power outages and nobody really knows exactly what's going on. And then she pulls up to a gas station and she notices that everything is deserted except for like a big truck pulls up. And she just really sees the headlights.
0: I honestly just thought that she was like in a country gas station because that's like a normal thing that it wouldn't be packed or anything. And honestly, if the apocalypse was happening... Or whatever is happening. You would think a lot of people would be on the road. A lot of people would be like uh-huh. trying to fill up their tanks and get out of there. So like I just thought that was a normal night.
3: It's one of those things that I feel like you could easily justify as normal but might strike you as off. Depending you know? on where
0: you are. And the movie does not do a good job nor do I think it needs to do a good job of showing you where she is whether she's in the rural area or in the city. I don't think right. it matters at all. But you know I, I, I it, that depends on where she was you know.
2: But you and yeah. I are going to perceive that differently because I know for a fact that like a single woman going to a gas with a creepy truck is going to feel way differently if I pulled up to a gas station with a creepy truck. We're talking
0: about two different things because you're right about that, Mikey, and I would agree to that 100%. I, I just think that to me, it's not weird if there's only one other car at a gas station in a rural area. Yeah. You don't know? worry about it. But I could definitely see as a woman by herself who's just leaving mm-hmm. a, an abusive relationship on some level, she would be like, oh God, is that person also going to hurt me? Exactly.
3: Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah, That's when you do the little keys thing. Yeah, You put the keys through your fingers. Yeah. That's sort of a not a throwaway
0: scene, but nothing really happens there. Like, she just gets in her car and she leaves.
3: Yeah, except to establish the headlights of the truck.
0: Because that's and when John Goodman first sees her.
3: But so now she's driving and Ben, a.k.a. Bradley Cooper, calls and he just wants to talk. And this is when we find out her name is Michelle. And he wants her to come back and he's saying that they just had an argument and she's not responding at all and then eventually hangs up um which i think kind of will feed into her what she says earlier or later on about like running away from things when she gets afraid or when she encounters like abusive patterns that she's seen before you know
0: yeah but i mean i think she's handling it correctly if you're in an abusive relationship maybe leave Although we don't really see the level of abusiveness, so it may have just been, like, an argument, right?
3: It could be. And if you're—because she's talking about how her father was abusive, too, and so if that's your frame of reference, like, an argument, even if it's just an argument that's, like, would be seen as normal in any other couple, could be triggering, and you could perceive it as threatening because that's how PTSD works, Well, yeah,
0: and because the container that you were born into, if it was your father— Exactly. You know that an argument like that can quickly go violent or quickly (laughs) go— Uh, whatever right. next level is that triggers that PTSD for her Yeah,
3: yeah. Even if it's not, you know, but we don't right. know, and it could be that he is abusive, and that's why and she's Absolutely. running.
2: But it's Bradley Cooper, so I had to assume he
3: wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> no, I yeah. more
2: put it like she's running from the problems.
3: Yeah, I think that's kind of what it's meant to show. Yeah. But as if Bradley Cooper couldn't fuck
0: up enough, he calls her back. And when she looks down to see Ben on her phone, that's when she gets in an accident. So, like, that's 100% Bradley Cooper's fault. So, not only did he drive the love of his life out of his life, he also caused her accident. I was like, good job, Bradley. You just killed your girlfriend.
3: (laughs) With a little help from John Goodman. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, like, you don't blame the person who calls you when you answer the phone when you're driving. You know what,
0: Mikey? Fine.
2: Take the high road.
3: Take the high road, (laughs)
2: Mikey. The police aren't going to show up my door and be like. You know, that girl you texted last week died when you texted her because she was driving.
0: (laughs) And you'd be like, oh, thank God. I don't have to ghost another one.
3: (laughs) It's not the guy who drove her off the road by slamming into her car. It's Bradley Cooper for choosing that moment to call.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Although we don't
3: actually see how the accident happened at this point.
0: It gave me the impression that she was like sideswiped, if that makes sense. Uh, Although we do find out later she was not. But the way she Mm -hmm. like spun down and like all that stuff, I just thought that she got sideswiped.
3: Yeah. And I love how they do the title. Cards here too, because it like cuts to bad robot title card, and then her car spinning, and then something else title card, probably JJ Abrams' name or something, and then more spinning, and then she lands like upside down, spinning around, and then it's Ten Cloverfield Lane. Yeah, and and,
0: and it's very quick. This is like the good version of credits right
2: here.
3: Yeah, I think so too. Right, and
2: and you could barely hear the title song, which was "You Spin Me Right Round, Baby, Right (laughs) Round."
3: Oh yeah, like a record player.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, and the next scene, I was like, oh good, she made it to the hospital.
3: <laughs> right, yeah. And then
0: and then I immediately was like, Oh, never mind. She's in a murder dungeon. Yeah. <laughs> At first you only see like the IV and I was like, Oh, IV <sighs> denotes like hospital on some level and then as mm-hmm. it zooms out or the next shot you're like oh hospitals don't have cinder block walls she's in a murder dungeon
3: <laughs> right right and what you see it pans out on the walls to have like all of these posters of misery the movie and like Annie Wilkes and
2: <laughs> it's very much that
3: kind of movie it is yeah as we were talking about the car crash I was like fuck this has a lot in common with you really. you're
2: absolutely right yeah it does and if we could make misery funny we could make this funny. Oh, it'll be easy <laughs> and then she wakes up and her
0: leg is chained to like a pipe.
3: Yeah. Ugh. Yes. She's got an IV in her arm. She's got wounds on her head. She's in a center block room with no windows and she's chained very close to the pipe and she sees her backpack from across the room with her phone on top of it but she can't reach it. Right. Um, it's way
0: too far away. Yeah. We
3: also notice the power surging just a little bit. Oh yeah, um, that's right.
0: And then she like rips her IV out but then uses the <gasps> IV pull. I know it grossed me out too, Jen.
2: <laughs> she panics obviously but this is John Goodman's first evil act. Like you totally should write a note in this situation.
3: Oh yeah. Well, that's part of the controlling.
0: Absolutely. She grabs the IV pole and does eventually get her phone over to her, but there's no service because I'm I'm Mm -hmm. sure she doesn't know this, but she's like way underground right now, right? Right. So like no service down there, which makes sense based upon where they are.
3: Right, right. And then she starts to hear somebody coming down the steps. And I love how this is introduced because we know she's in this sinister situation. We hear banging and we see feet and then we see a tray of food and then- And we see a gun. And we see a gun on the step. That's That's right. That's easily
0: the most scary thing thing right there yeah i mean mm-hmm. we don't know it's john goodman yet we just know it's some big dude with a tray of food and a
3: gun hey who has chained her to a wall yeah
0: exactly yeah. and then mm-hmm. all he does is like put the
3: food down and say you need fluids you need to eat oh and that's and we hear his voice and then we see it's john goodman we're like yeah. oh yeah it's john goodman uh what?
0: no i was not okay <laughs> as john goodman. i was like this person's a bad dude you can yeah. tell
2: immediately by his mannerisms and looks and like everything that he is not a good dude no he does such a great job of conveying that non-verbally it's Mm -hmm. just so
0: creepy honestly even if you for medical purposes had to chain their leg to the bed because you were afraid if they got up they'd hurt themselves not knowing they hurt themselves immediately when you get in and see that she's awake you act like Tucker or Dale and you're like oh Mm -hmm. my god so let me tell you everything that happened this is what Uh happened you were in a wreck I saved you I brought you here gave you fluids (laughs) chained you up so you wouldn't hurt yourself here's the key to unchain yourself I'm so sorry please eat I'll leave you alone I'll come back and like an hour from now And we could talk about How we get out of this Right mm-hmm. Like he doesn't do Any of that shit He doesn't treat right. her With respect at all Oh you no know. And I would've
2: been like Now that you're up Let me like untie your leg And stuff I was like I know this is super scary Yeah and You're never gonna believe this So I'm right. gonna have to like Convince you Yeah Major shit happens outside I found your body Let me undo your leg Come out here Lay on the couch Let's yeah, talk just-
0: But because he doesn't do all that When he brings the crutches in And unlocks her And he lets her unlock her leg She like mm-hmm. creates a murder crutch and is exactly. like I have to kill him with it. Well, mm-hmm. and, then, and then she starts a fire. <laughs>
3: uh, right. Yeah. Well, because he's giving her enough to like make her feel like the bad person, too, you know, because she's trying to escape. Y- y-
0: I completely understand why you'd want to escape in that situation. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah.
2: Do you guys ever have friends or like like family who like... Are you
0: just asking us right now if we have friends? Yeah, Mikey. We no, have no, no, friends. no.
2: Do like vaguely <laughs> lie to you about stuff? Yes. That's like so infuriating. What are you doing today? I have plans. They're like, <laughs> yeah.
0: Mikey, is this just you complaining because no one wants to hang out with you? Aww.
2: No, no. Uh, people won't hang out with me, brother. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying. John. She's like, what are you doing to me? And he's like, Keeping you alive yeah. I'd be like right.
3: What does that mean I know. Be specific Yeah Yeah he's, he's withholding That information Right Because having that information Will give her power In that situation And he's very
0: right. much Of the impression That she should be thankful mm-hmm. But he has given her No reason to be thankful Like exactly. I, I do think If you go in there Like Tucker or Dale And like fumbled over your words And you're explaining everything
2: Mikey style Yeah if you go in
0: right. there Mikey style She'd be like Oh my god thank you She would not have set the fire She would not have Carved a murder crutch Any of that shit What happens immediately next is 100% John Goodman's fault.
3: It is, but this is part of that cycle of emotional oh, abuse. It's he's presenting yeah. himself oh, as, yeah. well, because he's a fucking narcissist too, oh, yeah. and so he's, he's presenting himself as the the savior in the situation, and he's automatically mad at her. In a
0: situation he caused.
3: Exactly, yeah, 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 but he was doing it for her own good, because right. obviously what he thinks is what everyone should think. Yeah, this movie really pissed me off. But honestly,
0: times. and I'll say this about this movie, it keeps you guessing on whether he actually saved her life or not. Which it it turns out
3: he did. Yes and no.
0: Right, exactly, exactly, Jen. But
3: it is a a yes and no situation. It is, yeah, which I think goes partly into his manipulation. Absolutely. But we see it immediately because, yeah, he doesn't even tell her his name yet. He just says, I'm keeping you alive. And he does give her the key, but he still keeps her locked in that room. Is that room locked? I think it is. I didn't think that room was necessarily
2: locked. That room that she's in has that big gray door that, that he can lock.
0: Oh, I didn't realize that he could lock it. Either way, she doesn't leave. But I understand, like, I wouldn't leave in that situation either. I would have yeah, lit the fucking place on fire like it was haunted, and then carved a murder crutch. Right, I would have done exactly what she did.
3: But so she like puts a fire in this little vent at the top of her room, yes. and her plan is to stand uh, like it hidden away, right. and then when he runs in, she's gonna stab him. And so it happens, except motherfucker, that guy has a fucking syringe, and she stabs him and she misses. I guess. Yeah,
0: honestly, um, for a big dude, he's got quick reflexes because he, he, does, he dodges man. and like blocks the murder crutch, and then because of her momentum, she like sort of falls into him and then he Mm -hmm. stabs her with that syringe and knocks her out again. And so
3: then he wakes up and I guess he's real, because now she's chained. I can't, I don't think she's She's chained. She's not
0: chained up, but he has all the power because he has a gun. So, yep, like, that does. doesn't
1: matter.
3: Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it matters because he is allowing her to think she has just a little bit more freedom sure, that she, she should doesn't. now thank him for. She sure. does, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. She,
0: that, that is not a realistic thing, though, because he it's has a lot It's not, fucking but gun. it's part yeah. of
3: the mind games that this oh, emotional I completely abuse agree. is. Yeah, yeah. He's a
0: horrible dude. Yeah. And
3: one of the things that I love about this, and we'll probably get to a point where we talk about this more specifically, but there's really only one time when he actually puts his hands on her in yeah. a physical way. And so, what I love is this shows that, like, like emotional abuse is still really effective and fucked up. Yeah, oh, yeah. 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 Absolutely So now he's sitting there And he's actually Talking to her hmm, And he's giving her This guilt trip And saying that She's lucky to be there And his generosity Only extends so far Which fuck you I'm probably gonna say Fuck you to John Goodman Quite a bit in this Because he really That's fine
0: He deserves it (laughs) He's not the good guy Yeah he's not a good dude And honestly Okay so in this part This is where he says There's been like a chemical Or nuclear attack Mm -hmm. And then he says You were in a wreck And I literally wrote In my notes When I was watching this John Goodman called this wreck I bet you a thousand dollars Mm -hmm. uh, But I did think that he abducted her to avoid paying the insurance deductible. But still... (laughs) I was a little bit wrong in the motive, right. (laughs) A little wrong in the motive, but still, right about the the wreck. And this is what he also introduces that we'll be trapped here for a year or two, which would be the scariest fucking thing ever.
3: And I love, like, you can tell that she has been in abusive relationships before because she immediately knows how to start working him, you know? She's like, oh, thank you so much. I think I should go to a hospital now, right? She
0: does the same thing with JGJ later on, or, you know, John Gallagher Jr., yeah. And that Mm -hmm. really pisses him off, but we'll get there. Yeah, she's just really good at reading people though.
3: If you've been in prolonged abusive relationships, you have to get really good at reading people. Oh, you yeah. Know? Because
0: at because any that's moment how you survive. they can lose their shit and hit you or yell exactly. at you or whatever that is. Yeah. You're always walking on eggshells and you're really mm-hmm. good at seeing when an eggshell is about to break. Yeah, exactly. And then she's
2: she's hypersensitive to emotional changes in the room Absolutely. and things, mm-hmm. things like that. Like all of those are things are like normal things that happen after coming into like an abusive family or abusive relationship sort of thing. Yeah. So you're mm-hmm. like hyper, hyper vigilant and like really sensitive to emotional changes in people around you.
0: Right
3: okay so he's saying there's nowhere to go And they're in a bunker underneath his farmhouse And he's talking like talking through What happened in the accident Yeah
0: and at this point he says shit like It was a chemical attack or a nuclear attack Or maybe the Martians attacked us Mm -hmm. They figured out whatever And I was like does John Goodman believe in fucking aliens This is so dumb He sounds insane. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, But thinking that made me feel like a jackass. At the end of this movie, it actually is Aliens, I guess. And I haven't seen the first (laughs) Cloverfield. (laughs) So I, I guess everyone knew that going in. But I had no idea that Aliens were involved at all
3: that's funny because yeah the, the okay so what cloverfield is is a found footage movie about a giant like godzilla light creature that attacks Oh, it's not New York like City. the small City. ones like they
0: that she no. runs into. With,
3: oh interesting no. okay yeah it is interesting because it and i've got fun facts about that but okay yeah. that's okay.
2: so awesome that you came into this not knowing what cloverfield is <laughs> oh, i think that's a better way to watch dude, this the movie. last
0: 15 minutes of this blew my fucking mind i was like wait what <laughs> There were aliens
1: in this movie? I have no idea. Because <laughs> oh you guys didn't awesome. tell that's me so anything. Great. <laughs> I can't believe you
0: didn't
2: see Cloverfield when it came It was like a phenomenon when it came out. Yeah, yeah but it, it
0: was, I, I haven't
3: seen any horror movies, Mikey. I think Cloverfield is maybe a little closer to a horror movie than this one. I, I, I mean,
2: I agree, but it was marketed it found like footage. a Godzilla it was, it was marketed like a Godzilla movie. Right.
3: Yeah, but it was well, found it's...
2: footage.
0: There's no way I was doing that. <laughs> but that's like the premise of this and a Spotify podcast, Mikey. <laughs> 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 (laughs) 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 Guys, go check out Scaredy Cat's YouTube.
3: Yeah. So she wants to call her family, and then we hear some banging outside, and then we go out and hear him yelling and banging.
0: He's yelling at John Gallagher Jr., although we don't know that it's John Gallagher Jr. yet. But Mm -hmm. it does does introduce a third person in this bunker, but we have no idea who it is. Yeah.
2: A third wheel, if you will. <laughs>
1: oh.
3: But it also establishes the stakes of what happens when you make a mistake. Yeah, because he is like at.
0: yelling and probably pushing him around. And mm-hmm. when we meet John Gallagher Jr., he has a broken arm. You he don't does. know how he broke his arm. Or exactly. it's sprained or whatever. I don't think they ever address it, but it is a sign of abuse.
2: They do. He broke it breaking into the bunker.
3: Ah, yeah.
0: that's right. Okay.
3: But he might have fallen down the stairs, Mikey. Exactly. Right. Yeah. right. No, John Goodman I mean, yeah. told us that. And like yes. what was John Goodman doing to try to get him out of the bunker, you know? Right. What I love is that this is told from her perspective almost completely. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, absolutely. so absolutely. it really you can get into her head, you know. But so she's hearing some music Yeah, and... this is when they
0: reveal the bunker, and it's a pretty mm-hmm. legit bunker like it's big they've got a living room they've got a little Mm -hmm. kitchen he's got his own room he being john goodman has his own room i don't think they ever really address where john gallagher jr sleeps although he
2: He sleeps in the pantry Mm -hmm. right outside her room Mm
3: -hmm. okay and so that tells me because john goodman there's a perfectly good room that he could have slept in and that tells me that john goodman was planning to try to get somebody to stay in that room yeah because Because he
0: wasn't Mm -hmm. planning on john gallagher jr being there
3: Exactly, but yeah, also well, when John Gallagher Jr. was there, he didn't let him sleep in that room. Exactly,
2: right. they could they couldn't share that room. He exactly. That's weird.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But that tells me like it was premeditated. Oh, and- he was on the prowl. He was looking right. for someone. Yeah.
2: I mean, I think he's done this to a few different ways. At
0: least one other that we know of. Yeah. But the movie yep. tells us about one other one. The bunker reminds me a little bit of V's layer and V for Vendetta. Like it's got a jukebox. Mm-hmm. He's got mm-hmm. old movies. It's like big enough for two people at least. You know, it's it's a decent mm-hmm. sized bunker.
3: Right. And it's like ni- he's made it nice enough to make him seem like a good guy to people he traps down in there too. Yeah. Like he doesn't make them right. stay in that cinder block dungeon you know and
0: the only bathroom is in john goodman's room and Mm -hmm. it's in the shower with like a shower curtain that'll come into play later but he's like first off no touching is a rule and then Uh he makes her go to the bathroom when he wants her to go to the bathroom which i thought was really weird i mean i understand Uh being protective of your space there are people who are just that way but i mean like What's going to change if she's like, well, I don't have to go. Can I go in like an hour or two? It is weird that he wants to stand there while she goes to the bathroom. I understand wanting to protect her space, but that's still weird. But controlling when she can go to the bathroom
2: is insane Mm -hmm. to me. I would want to put my poop in the acid vat and watch it dissolve. You can't
3: do that, Mikey, because of the splashback. Mikey, you would a 1,000% fall into that vat of acid if you tried to poop <laughs> it in it. No, no, no.
2: You have to poop in a different thing and then pour it into the mm, acid
3: for disposal reasons. This is, ooh. Then but you Mikey, can't use that have, acid again. But,
0: Mikey, <laughs> they have indoor plumbing. Why You don't need that. This is why we're not quarantining with Mikey. <laughs>
2: exactly. If you have acid that dissolves everything, eventually you're going to shit in it
0: you say it like it's an eventuality it's not like that, that is an insane statement yeah your you premise is do flawed. That? yeah yeah. i understand that you believe that you eventually would do that but that is not reality right. it's like
3: when we were talking about the shining like i think i could probably go all winter without putting a gorilla suit on if i were in the shining
0: not, <laughs> not if me, you're bro. A, not not if you're a hardcore furry like mikey
2: baby uh, no uh, no i just like you know, i just like dressing up
3: But this scene is so interesting because like kind of what Todd was saying, like it's especially like he doesn't know these people like I could understand him being distrustful. So it's just enough to allow yourself to think maybe you're the crazy one. Sure,
0: But I still think it shows that John Goodman's crazy because he is controlling when at least she goes to the bathroom. We never see if he does this to John Gallagher Jr. And he might, but he is Mm. controlling when she can go to the bathroom.
3: I think the part that really got me on down the road to hating him was when um, she's about to fall over. And you look at Emmett and like immediately he like looks down and looks like so ashamed of himself, you yeah. know. And I was like, Oh, he's he's already got him. Because you know? John
0: Goodman's carrying a gun. No one has uh-huh. agency in this. The whole time they're trapped by the locks on the door, but they're also trapped by that gun. Like there's nothing mm-hmm. they can do.
3: Exactly. Yeah. And so when you're in that position, it might look like you're going along or you're like falling for things, but like, what's your alternative, you know? You don't have one. That's what I mean. Yeah. And you just start to internalize that because like like, later on, he's going to put the gun down at some point, and you're still going to have all of those feelings like you're doing the wrong thing by trying to push, you know? That's
0: exactly what happens to, like, kidnap victims who were kidnapped for a long, long time. And they get mm-hmm. to a point where they will go out in public with the person who kidnapped them, and they mm-hmm. will not ask for help. And that's, like, not their fault. They're so broken down mentally and tortured mentally that they just don't do that. It's so sad, but mm-hmm. it's not their fault. Right? It's
2: learned It's learned helplessness yes. is yeah. what, it, what the yeah. term is called. And it's very, very real. Yeah. And it's, it's, yeah, it's very hard to get, get through
3: and that's why it's so important like if you're and I say this as somebody who has been in like who has PTSD from all of this because I've had some relationships like this Yeah. but like that's why it's so important not to like blame people for not leaving and not call them weak and not like try to like say well why didn't you leave that's almost like saying well what were you wearing you can't understand what it's like until you're there you know a lot
0: of people do say shit like that it's real sad
2: I struggle with that because of that last situation I was in because I think part Part of that why she didn't leave was was that was like learned helplessness. Yeah. I mean
3: if it is an actual abusive relationship that is probably why you know Right and, and, it is
2: and it definitely is and I was like you know come you know come this is good come be with me you know you you've been like it just wouldn't happen and it was so frustrating I mean it's not yeah. her fault though it's
0: like what she knows yeah. I, I don't know we don't have to get into all I, of it I, but like it's so
2: I know I know it's hard because it's like I still have empathy for her but yeah. also I have to make healthy choices for me and that's a real struggle
0: Yeah absolutely right. because I yeah.
2: empathize with her because I think she is in like an emotionally manipulative Wrecked abusive state. situation yeah. yeah right so it's hard for me to like give up on people like that yeah. yeah
3: well and i mean that's when it's just like the support that people really need is just knowing you'll be there for them regardless of what choice they make you know and if you but i mean i guess the line for that is if you feel like they are in physical danger you know it's just hard I, no, to I, know I, it's also hard to like you don't want to decide for somebody else what their next step should be you know
2: right um mm-hmm. i don't know i, str- I struggle i struggled with all that in that situation i mean that's just it was just
3: hard. can you
0: tell an adult what they should be doing with their life and if they i mean it's it's such a weird line you know i
3: you you can tell them what you think they should be doing sure, but I mean but it's, ultimately it's on them you
0: know. to take those steps right like right but it's a very very difficult line
3: I mean
2: it's it's hard in a physically abusive your life is in danger situations right and it, it's got to be doubly hard in emotionally abusive situations because yeah. there's that element of control and there's no life threatening stuff
3: exactly and so the thing about emotional relationships and this is like so I grew up in an emotionally abusive relationship and I just want to say my dad never actually hit me or anything like that but like I saw so much of his behavior in this movie and the thing that I've had so many problems in therapy with is convincing myself that it actually was abusive you know with my first husband who was abusive emotionally and physically I would say well if he never punched me in the face it's not abusive you know and so like you draw these lines for yourself and if those lines aren't ever crossed then you convince yourself that everything's fine and that you're the one who's wrong for thinking that you know and so when it's all emotional abuse it's so easy to tell yourself oh I'm just being too sensitive you know and so that's the thing that's really hard all that to say abusive relationships almost always look completely different from the outside than they do from the inside and just know that if you know somebody who's been in one oh know? yeah and everything you're saying to them every like if you think that they are weak just know they've said that to themselves a thousand times yeah you know
0: and it's not helping that you're reinforcing that incorrect perception on them.
3: exactly and it's leading to more shame that would lead them to not report or Further not, not leave or whatever. Or yeah. not leave. Yeah, yeah. Because they don't want to get called out by anybody else, you know. I'm
2: feeling really guilty because I, I mean, I called her weak this last time when she reached out and didn't leave him or whatever. Did you? I did. But
3: you're a human being too, you know, and I right, mean, right, you're right, responding right. to this stuff, you know. And that's Mikey, like. Mikey, you
0: did the right thing because you need to move on with your life. Right. I think so too. Right. She yeah. needs to make her own decisions and you need to make your own decisions. So I, maybe you should should have used different words, but you're only human and you've been back and forth with this for so long that you needed right. to cut that and Let her make her own decisions. Right,
2: right, right.
3: right. I don't know if this is going to make you feel better, Mikey, but like one thing that Corey and I have struggled with a lot is just how he handles being in a relationship with me, you know, because Mm -hmm. he's not doing any of these things, but it's still hard for him to know what to do, you know. And it's kind of like what we were talking about at the beginning, like arguments that we have that you guys would probably just think, oh, they're just fighting, like affect me Completely differently You know And that's why like Corey is so amazing Because he Because what we're doing To combat that Is we are in therapy together And we're going through We're trying to like Identify what it is That is triggering me And how to Like Work through (laughs) it Exactly Yeah Yeah. And it's hard And I want to say also It's really hard But it is not as hard As I thought it was going to be So if you are somebody That is afraid to go to therapy Because you think It's going to be really rough It's not going to be As bad as you think
0: And hard work is always worth it Especially For mental health Reason. It's always worth it. Let mm-hmm. me just say this about it looking one way on the outside and it being different on the inside. Uh, I grew up with my first stepdad, and we had a very, very nice middle class life. Mm-hmm. And he was super abusive to us, especially the kids. Like, I remember one very vivid time because this is when I made the decision to move in with my dad, who was very poor. We were working on the house we had just bought, and I fell asleep because I had been awake for like, I don't know, a day. And I was mm. 12 And he like Picked me up And slammed me Against the wall And dropped me On the corner Where the carpet nails were Because there was no carpet My foot Hit the carpet nails And I was like bleeding And he was just mm. like Yelling at me I was 12 So like mm-hmm. I right. At that moment I was like Fuck this I'm gonna go live with my dad And I literally Made the decision then At 12 To go live with my dad Who did not have a room for me And I slept on the couch Till I fucking went to college Like, <laughs> wow. like that is just like I'm I'm not gonna do, deal with that And then it took right. my mom like, six years after that, when he got deployed, because he was in the reserves, he got deployed for right. two months and went to Germany. And in that two months, she was like, holy shit, I'm in this horribly abusive relationship. I need to get out of this. And mm. then the, immediately when he got back, they got divorced and she moved. Like, immediately. because yeah. And everybody's going to needed... have different
3: turning points for yeah. that.
0: Well, I, I, yeah. I just right. think it happened slowly over the mm-hmm. course of their relationship that she never saw it. Like, she never had a, like, aha moment like I did. Uh, Mm -hmm. When I was 12 and so when It it just built up so bad But it was normalized the whole time And then when he was gone she was like Oh this is what life Uh should be like So when he got back she was like I'm fucking out and now she's married to Mm -hmm. a Great great guy and it's you know It took time to work on some stuff because She was attracting shitty people One of those being my dad and then Mm -hmm. She worked on herself and then attracted a guy Who was fucking great
3: Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And I mean, that's it. And we could talk about this probably for two hours. But yeah. yeah, that's that's another thing. Like there are certain types of people or types of personalities or people who have different life experiences that are going to have those breaking points earlier or later. You know, and yeah. it's just because it everybody's different. You but know? it looks
0: great on the outside because that's yep. what the narcissist who's ru- ruining your life needs for it to look like. And whether it's a guy yep. or a girl who's ruining that relationship, right. it, they all want that. They all want it to look like a relationship that everyone wants to be a part of because mm-hmm. it's great and wonderful and light and fun, but it's never that way on the inside.
3: Right. And they have to make you think that it's a perfect relationship too. Yeah. Yeah. And that if there's a problem, it's because of you. Yep. You know. <sighs>
0: Oh, Woo, that was fun. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> back to Horror Virgin Therapy Hour. Right, uh,
3: exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm in my
3: feelings. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we are all trapped in a bunker of our feelings
0: right
3: now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. All right, let's all right. get back into the fucking movie. What yeah, the fuck? So where are oh, we? my
2: God. Dick jokes or something. Come on, let's go. <laughs>
3: So he's about to make breakfast, and I mean, Mikey, he may or may not be making sausages. So there you go. Um,
2: <laughs> There's your dick joke,
0: Mikey.
3: Everybody wants a banger in the mouth. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> oh. Oh. All right, so he's talking about Megan and her magazines, and this is the first time we we hear about Megan. Yes. and all we know is that she's not with us anymore.
2: What well, timeout? If I was trapped in a bunker and there were no novels. I would be so fucking pissed. Really? He- <laughs> yes. He's Ugh. just
3: got like all the different um, publications of misery. And only books. (laughs) Like, he
2: only has teen magazines? If I'm trapped for years without, like, the seven Harry Potter books or something like, like, something fun to read, I would be, I would, oh. Well,
0: Mikey, he has 17 magazines because he kidnaps young girls
1: Mm -hmm. for reasons
0: that they never get into, but I fear the worst. Yeah.
3: Their hair's not going to French braid itself, okay? Yeah.
2: Headcanon here, because JGJ, right? Yes. He knew the daughter. He knew what she looked like. Why? While he was building the bunker. I think he was still. Conspiracy theory obsessed. All that stuff. Building the bunker. That's probably why they left. I think the wife. Tried to take the daughter. And leave. He ends up killing the wife. During the scuffle. Ends up. Something happens with her. I think he's been dissolving people in acid a long time. Oh, yeah. He has a PhD in dissolving. Right. So then I think he tries to recreate the daughter by taking young women.
3: Yeah. I think that's why he's taking young women. But, I mean, <laughs> I think that could work either with his daughter being still alive or not.
2: And it might just be him trying to get them to act like his daughter, which he may yes. or may not have sexually abused. Right. But it could just be a complete control thing. It that could. he. Mm-hmm. Like, You're right. Like, not, not like a strictly sexual thing, but you feel that vibe because it feels like a lot of that stuff goes into control and sex is part of control with them. Yeah. And
3: that's one thing I love is that you can't like, if you're looking at this as a story about abuse, like it doesn't allow you to say, Oh, well my abuser never tried to m- assault me. So it must not be abuse. You know, right. it shows that it can still be abusive, even if there is no sexual element. Cause like I was watching this and I kept seeing like my father and there was no sexual abuse in our relationship. And then I also saw my first husband and it was like, you, because the common denominator there is control and manipulation, yeah. you know? Right.
0: I mean, even in sexual abuse, that's a common. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's just
3: the different end point that the abuser is. Sure. After. And, and I yeah. will
0: say the end point escalates this whole time. And she mm-hmm. does sort of get out of the situation before a lot of that stuff, I think happens, but they were on yeah. the path to that.
3: All right. So, but we, and we continue to hear the power, see the power fade off and on, which could be the generator or it could be something fucked up. And yes. she hears a car drive above the bunker at one yeah. point above her room specifically. Yeah. yeah. And he, she's, telling him that, like, hey, I think we should try to get out of here. And he's like, okay, it's time to meet Frank and Mildred, who are the delightful couple next door, and they've baked them a pie, and they're going to have a nice little dinner. Except, no, it's too yeah, Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I don't mean
0: Frank and Mildred, the neighbors (laughs) are pigs. I mean, like, they're (laughs) literal pigs that (laughs) have died because of whatever chemical or nuclear poisoning (laughs) has happened to them, right?
3: Mm -hmm. But it's so cool because it's, like, these steps that are in this tube and he goes up and it's, like, his version of an airlock, which is an inner door and an outer door. Yeah, they call it
0: a poor man's airlock, Jen.
3: Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> an air hole. Um, <laughs> but she goes and she sees cornfields at first, and then she can just barely see him out of the corner of her eye. And I love that because it just like it reinforces that trapped feeling too. Yeah, that that's all she can see. And he keeps giving her this guilt trip. He's like, "They weren't as lucky as you are." And uh, and then she also sees his car and sees the skit, the little dent mark on the side. Yeah, he sees the accident. Yeah. yeah. Pretty quickly after this, he confesses to her that he caused the accident
0: because he he was driving erratically trying to get home. He doesn't say it was because he was trying to save her life or trying to abduct her or whatever, which is what he was actually trying to do but he says it's my fault i was just trying to get home i caused the wreck and i felt bad so i brought you here to save you right and he does that
3: to try to perpetuate the cycle of abuse that he's got her yeah absolutely Um, and that's probably the lie he told himself exactly yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah but we don't he we don't get that yet so he she just goes down into her room she's like oh okay and i mean i imagine she's starting to believe him just a little bit or at least realizing this is more complicated than she thought right it is not
0: just a locked room like thing right exactly there's something going on outside too
3: yeah so Emmett comes yeah. into her room and this is when he has that cute little line about if you want me to do a french braid let me know
0: but how are you gonna french braid someone hair one-handed like there's no way he yeah. could actually french braid her hair that's a ridiculous
2: thing he does tell her something really bad's happened out there and i knew he had the bunker and that's why i came mm-hmm. that's true he
0: does kind of corroborate yeah. john goodman's story that something bad happened yeah. and she's like oh, right. wait what you saw some lightning he's like no this is something i've never seen mm-hmm. before something happened i don't know what it is But something happened. And honestly, John Goodman doesn't really know what it is either. He thinks nuclear or chemical or alien. Right. right. right? Right.
2: Russians or whatever. Yeah, he has no idea really what
0: happened, but he knows something happened.
3: But she's trying to say, she's like, no, he abducted me. Like, this is fucked up. He ran me off the road. And it was like, "Uh uh-uh, no, this is real. You're lucky to be here, you know? Okay, and so I am also going to post another article that I was reading about this, because if you look at the two types of masculinity in this movie, it's kind of like when we were watching Ravenous. We have toxic masculinity with Howard, and we have non-toxic masculinity masculinity with Emmett yeah and so they're like counterpoints with each other and allows us to like draw a contrast and also I think Emmett represents like how people who are in abusive relationships interact with the world outside and how the abusers try to cut that access off you know yeah. Mm-hmm. so aside from the fact that he's just so sweet and dreamy and I love him even when he's playing a killer in Hush I love him in that movie too yeah he's so um, good He's just great. And you should watch the newsroom because he's good in that, too. Oh,
0: he's amazing in that. That was the first thing I ever saw him, and I loved him.
3: Shout out to that listener who got him to take a picture holding our logo. Oh, that was
0: Allison. Yeah.
3: Allison, yeah, that was so cool. I um, all right, that. while she's saying, "But you don't know that. You don't know the air's contaminated." And then fucking Howard is right there behind him. He's like, "Because I told him."
0: Yeah, his sneaks at hundred right here. Oh yeah. yeah, he's
3: wearing those bowling shoes from Big Lebowski. Okay, and now it is the most awkward dinner ever. Oh, <laughs> this scene God. was so fucking tense.
0: Jen, mm. can I guess your least favorite line in this scene? When John Goodman's saying, "I'm an all right cook. Like I can cook. Mm. I don't mm-hmm. love it though, but I can cook." you'll Mm -hmm. learn how to love to
2: cook. Yep. Megan loved to cook. You'll learn to love to cook.
3: It's so creepy. But the whole thing is creepy. And it just is establishing the sense of control that he has. From Oh, it's so uncomfortable. And Emmett's playing along and he's like, this is the best thing I ever tasted. And kind of trying to like make the situation less tense, you know.
1: Yeah.
2: I really related to this. (laughs) I'm just happy to be alive. This is the best spaghetti sauce ever. I'm not being sarcastic. I really mean it. I'm happy to be alive. And he's like, yeah, you better.
3: Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I think this is kind of establishing a little of the jealousy that we're going to see a little down the road. Oh, yeah. Because
0: if you're looking at, like, who could be a potential romantic partner, it's definitely Mm -hmm. Emmett. I mean, Emmett's dumb, but he is, like, the right age. He's an attractive-ish guy. (laughs) I don't know. And I think John Goodman is jealous of that or he's Uh overly protective because he sees Michelle as, like, a daughter figure. So, like, for me, I couldn't tell if he was, like, going to groom and, like, rape Michelle. Yeah. Or if he just really wanted to play out the she's my daughter scenario because his daughter's either dead or left, right?
2: Oh, I, I don't know. But later on in the movie when they touch hands getting salt, he like flips his shit. That's
3: in this scene. Well, and so because like if, if Emmett were being weird and hitting on him all the time and hitting on her all the time, it would be appropriate for him to say, hey, back off, you know, but that's not what's happening. And He's Emmett just doesn't being hit warm. on her at all. He doesn't, probably because he knows what's going to fucking happen. She is,
0: like, manipulating Emmett at this point. Because she's really good at reading people, and she knows, Mm -hmm. like, sort of what to do. So she keeps asking him to do her favors, which is... I call it the Ben Franklin technique because if you want someone to like you, even if they don't like you, ask them to do a small favor for you because if they do it, they will justify it to themselves. Well, I got them a pencil because I sort of like them. They're a good person. So -hmm. like Ben Franklin would do that to people all the time. He would ask to borrow books from their libraries that he already had because he wanted them to feel like – he was ingratiated to them, and that made them ah, like him more.
1: If, it's the Ben
0: Franklin technique, anyway. But she does that here, and Emmett's mm-hmm. just talking about wanting to get a tattoo or whatever. He even talks about Thug
3: Life. Oh my God! Yeah, I, I
1: didn't want to move on Annette. before we
3: said. It.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: he said Thug
3: Life, and I was
0: like, Oh, I love you. Yeah, and listen, I get right. it. I have a tattoo. Jen, do you have a tattoo? I do, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mikey, you don't, do you? No, I don't. So, Mikey, you've got to get either a thug life or a YOLO tattoo. (laughs) On your forehead. (laughs) Yeah, on your forehead. I did think that was funny because Uh, my sister has a YOLO tattoo that she regrets.
3: Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: So she's Ben Franklining him, right? Uh Asking him to get the salt and all that stuff. And she touches his hand. And then Goodman gets up. In her mm-hmm. face And like I don't know If he throws her Into the wall Or if she's just so scared She backed into the wall You don't really mm-hmm. see Either way it's bad I don't it's, think he touches her yet So I think it's just Her scared of him
3: Yeah I, and it's hard to tell I mean he doesn't yeah. I don't want to like parse Because it is still abuse Even it, though yeah, he may still not have still has a gun know? on him So it's still abuse. Right. Exactly. Even if he didn't
0: have a gun on him, it's still abuse, you know?
3: Because he's bigger. Exactly. He starts
0: yelling at her. And I I literally, like, in my mind, I was like, John Goodman is fucking killing it Mm because he's so good at being a bad dude. He's mm-hmm. crushing oh, yeah. Oh, yeah! He's
2: scared. I mean he's just so scary He's so scary right. in this, and
0: this is John Goodman We're talking about, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. bug And pest control guy from Arachnophobia
3: Because <laughs> he's asking her Why are you insulting me And he tells Emmett to stay out, and Emmett Just like is totally cowed, and he's just looking down Kind of like what we were talking about before But um, he's saying, like giving her this guilt trip Like I've shown you nothing but generosity and hospitality And I want you to apologize And so she does, but we see that she's trying To get his keys, and that that was the plan for this whole thing and so at first you think she doesn't get the keys because but then they all go back and sit down and you realize she does have them in her hand and i love she you can almost see your hand shake while this is all happening because i was like this is so tense it is. and it's like we talked about it in that misery episode like where there's a moment where you stop playing along and yeah. you start actually trying to leave that is like the scariest moment and like arguably the most dangerous moment in any type of these relationships Yeah, and it just mm, and that it happens me...
0: twice in this movie
3: it does yeah. yeah but so she does have the keys but it's got his bottle opener on it yeah. and he's like tapping the top of the fucking bottle like well it's important to stay hydrated you know and you're like oh yeah. well, fuck he's gonna find out immediately and one thing i love is that he does find out immediately and it immediately escalates because he realizes he doesn't have her his keys anymore and as he does she picks up one of the bottles and smashes him in the fucking face yeah yeah and then runs Like jumps over the table like she is. Yeah. Yeah. I think she was faking that knee injury maybe.
1: (laughs) Or she's just (laughs) awesome.
3: Yeah. Um, So she gets to the uh, the first door and she gets through it and she shut the door behind him. So he's, she's inside the airlock and he's locked out of the airlock. Right. And so it's crazy the way this happens because she runs up to the door and she sees and she's about to unlock it and he's screaming don't open the door don't open the door and then a woman runs up with like a melty face.
0: Oh it's so rough man. Like, it looks like chemical burns or yeah. a
2: disease.
0: Yeah. You know, no, it looks nasty. And
3: she keeps saying it barely it touched me. touched me a this. little bit. It barely
0: touched mm-hmm. me. What the fuck right. does that mean? I know. And you don't know what it is. She never goes into detail on what it is. So like your mind's running wild but I was thinking it right. was the smoke that the yeah. alien ship pours down yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. so it Mm -hmm. barely touched me but i I was like what the fuck is happening because at this point i still didn't know it was an alien right
3: you just thought john goodman was creepy
0: yeah well i mean i thought that something happened outside because we saw the pigs right Mm -hmm. but i mean you can't just barely be touched by nuclear fallout
2: see i thought he murdered the pigs
0: so yeah at that point you could have up to that Mm -hmm. point been like oh he mutilated the pigs to make her think like, that's yes. a failsafe for, for him, but that's mm-hmm. not what happened. And and the lady is,
2: like, beating on the the window, and she, like, slams
0: her head into it.
2: Well, she goes from, like, please let me, please let me in to, like, bitch, let me in. Yeah. And then, uh-huh. like, banging her head. I was like, this is scary, too. So, right. like, she's
0: being yelled at from either side of the door. Outside the mm-hmm. airlock, the lady's yelling at her to let her in. And on the other side, John Goodman's like, don't let her in. You'll kill us all. Mm-hmm. That sort of stuff. And thankfully, right. it cuts away before we hear what Michelle explains later is they sat there and just listens to her choke to death on whatever happened to her. Oh,
3: really? I think I yeah. missed that part. Yeah, no, they, I missed,
0: yeah, I missed that part, too. When she talks about it later with either J.G.J. or John Goodman, she's like, mm-hmm. yeah, we listened to her choke to death out there. It's
3: either J.G.J. or J.G. Yeah. I wrote J.G. for John Goodman. And my notes oh, yeah. I wrote
0: Goodman because they're both Johns and yeah. they're both J.G.'s. Yeah.
3: And they're both amazing. Yeah, they're both I awesome. think you mean Badman. Yeah, yeah bad, and this yeah. one- he is john
0: badman you're right yeah definitely
3: but so now they're back in the room and so this is in the phase of abuse this is because this is when he says i have to confess i am the one who hit you with the car so he's trying to make himself the victim now you know and he's this is like the apology phase he's making himself the victim and trying to make her feel sorry for him and guilty for how she acted because which was a reasonable thing for her to do but There's also now, which I think is brilliant, there's element of, oh, he was right. You know, Mm -hmm. he was right the whole time. Yeah. And so he's just telling her that he tried to pass her and he's the reason she went off the road. And of course he had to save her because he's just such a good person. Oh, he's
2: a good guy, yeah. Mm -hmm.
3: He lets her shower and gives her some of uh, Megan's clothes. And
0: this is when he like says, I need you to stitch up my face. You did this.
3: Exactly, yeah. Yeah. You, You have to clean this up. Like, look what you made me do, basically. Right. And this is something I think is interesting. Interesting too. He's saying kindness and generosity are antiquated customs, which I think in a pandemic right now, especially like we're quarantined right now. And there's yeah. an element of wanting to help other people and also an element of is the responsible thing for us to do to keep the door closed. Because if we let you in, we won't be able to help you, you know? Yeah. So I think it's just weird how it plays with all of that guilt. And I just love it, especially watching it right now, you know? Um, OK, so now John Goodman is demanding stitches. Oh. Well, this is another
0: huge like power move question mark yep. it's like a, a controlling move maybe I'll say it
3: that mm-hmm. way it's the apology phase. Yeah,
0: he gives her something that he, she could hurt him with, although he's still holding a gun or not holding it mm-hmm. holstered, but still he has a gun on him. Yeah,
3: well, and he's also making her feel super guilty. Yes, for, for right. attacking his him. Face. Yeah,
2: yeah, and the woman died, so he's like, "Look, see, I was right. You were completely wrong." Yeah, but
3: we do start talking about Megan, and she's saying Megan wanted to be an artist, um, and this yeah. is when, and I noted Michelle says this. She said she was your daughter, and he says, "Yes." Yeah, um, he doesn't ever say that although he does continue like he doesn't give her any reason to doubt that and he plays into that narrative. I mean he
0: agrees with her. Like she asked the question and he says yes.
3: Yes, it was my daughter. But I just thought it was interesting that he doesn't ever outright say it. He's like gaslighting her into believing that it was her daughter. And I do think
1: Megan
0: was his daughter, but the girl in the photo and the girl the earring, that's not Megan. No, it's not. Oh
3: yeah, Megan is his daughter. Yeah, yeah. But the thing who, is, yeah. she
0: doesn't know. There are actually two different people at play here. Right. One's his real life right. daughter, and one's the girl he kidnapped and murdered.
3: Right, right. But well, and so what he says, and what he, and we might have our theories, but what he says in the movie is that her mother turned her against him and took her away. Right. No matter how
0: much you try and protect someone. You can't uh-huh. make them see that safety is in their best interest, or something mm-hmm. weird and horrible like that.
3: Right? I can't yeah. make them see that I really know what's best, and I'm right. mad at them because they don't. Because that's what narcissists do. They just yeah. decide what you want, and then they get mad at you when you don't agree with them. You know. Before <laughs> Natalie, I
0: was dating a narcissist for sure, and that mm-hmm. was 100% what our, our relationship cycle was like.
3: But so she's stitching him up, and it turns she doesn't die because she's used to like stitching, just not skin.
0: Yeah, because she's a clothing designer, maybe yeah. not by trade, mm-hmm. but that's like her vocation. And she yeah. wants that to be your job, right?
3: Now we get Emmett's story and uh, Michelle's story. So Emmet, he starts with, and I love how they just kind of bond with each other, but then it never becomes sexual. You know? No, it right.
0: doesn't. I honestly got the brother sister we're in this together I did vibe. Too. And mm-hmm. maybe if they had gotten out together, they would, may have developed a romantic relationship. But there's yeah. never any of that,
3: you know? Yeah, and I love it. Me too. I got
2: the uh, every time we've touched, we've been physically assaulted by a huge man kind of vibe. That yeah. oh yeah, just, he-
0: imagine what he would do if he caught us kissing or having mm. sex or something like that yeah but honestly I mean she can easily resist JGJ because he's not wearing a sweater right Jen exactly <laughs> although
3: I, as I noted on Twitter I will take a good flannel in a pin <laughs> I saw
0: that I, I love, I love yeah. that <laughs> I always <almost laughs> responded with every Eddie better GIF I could find <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah but so Emmett's talking about how he didn't really get good grades in high school but that he was on the track and field team
0: he was apparently really really great because yeah. he got a full ride scholarship to to some Mm -hmm. university. Louisiana Tech.
3: And they even, after paying
0: for all of his college, sprung for some bus fare to get him there. It's classy. And then he just, was so sure he wasn't going to work out. He's like, yeah. it's never going to work out for me. Uh, I'm just going to not go because I don't want to fail.
3: I'm going to self sabotage. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Yeah. And that's what he does. So mm-hmm. he never gets on the bus, never buys another bus ticket, and just mm-hmm. doesn't go to college.
3: But then she says, well, if you've gone, you might be dead right now, which may or may not be true. Right. But I mean, also, like, you now was a choice you made and now we're here and you can't go back and change it. You yeah. Know? And so then we find out what her story is. And this is when we find out that she had an abusive parent. Hashtag her story, guys. Her story. Oh, pardon me. <laughs> 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 uh, um, oh boy i mean it's the patriarchy man i know and i like how she's telling this because she's telling us and it also doesn't draw out the story because she's telling us in the context of she saw a little girl being abused by her parent in public and she wanted to do something about it because she what had an abusive parent and her brother was always there to take the worst of it so when you said that about she and john gallagher jr having a brother-sister vibe i was like oh, oh. yeah that's probably she's probably into that a little bit, you know, um, but she didn't do anything about it, and that—that's how she always responds. She panics and runs, which is what we saw her do in the first scene. Even though we don't yes. know it, exactly what she was running away from, right? And know? honestly,
0: it may not have been that big of a deal in the first scene, but it still triggered her running, right? Right?
3: Right? Exactly. The yeah. only
0: thing that really bothered me about this scene is they are on either side of a cinder block <laughs> wall and they are talking quietly. And I they know. would have to be yelling for each other to hear them.
3: Did you not see they they had the little can um, and it had a string <laughs> on it. They
0: had hollowed out bean cans. <laughs> they were like,
3: <laughs> and now it is jukebox time. Yeah. and I love that it was. I think we're alone now. I know because I I love that song and I like the Tiffany version. But I it, grew up thinking Tiffany wrote that song. Yeah, me too. I know, and I mean, and I then th- I
0: realized that no one like that writes music. <laughs> They're just figureheads <laughs> that can sing. Yeah, although that's not fair. Tiffany may have uh, written some songs. I honestly don't know, but a lot she of. Those types of people don't write their own music,
3: and both of those versions of that song are good because it's a good yeah, song. Yeah, they're great. But we have like a puzzle montage, and we're having nice dinner, and they're decorating their rooms, and everything's great. And so I wanted to mention this because this is in the cycle of abuse. This is what the honeymoon phase is. Right, everything's fine now. We're gonna like pretend that there are no problems, and every and just pretend that everything is happy and looks great. Yeah,
0: and there um, is that phase. Like, there's there the is. traumatic event. There's the right. apology phase, and then there's the week that things are back to normal and everything's uh-huh. great and maybe yep. we're going to work it out and then something mm-hmm. else happens and it's probably going to be worse and it just continues this cycle of domestic yep. abuse on either and side. And
3: as the relationship continues, the honeymoon phases get shorter and shorter and shorter. Yeah, and it becomes all and abuse. Yeah. It, it does. And it becomes a right. lot harder to get out too. Yeah. But I, I also like a good montage. Um, <laughs> <and> <laughs> we all like a good musical
2: montage. Who yeah.
3: doesn't, Jen? Oh right. my
2: God.
0: Yeah. Okay.
3: So I want to say about this honeymoon phase Well, after we're having our music montage (laughs) because i think i watched this in 2016 and that was when i was still in denial about a lot of the stuff that had happened and i fell for this and i was like oh he is a good guy oh thank goodness yeah i really did and that but i mean that just kind of speaks to the conditioning that you have in your head you know you were
0: out of that abusive relationship though right
3: i was out of it yeah but i mean i wasn't really like i had kind of a moment i think it was in 2016 some other things happened that year where i was like oh And I got triggered, and then I wonder
0: what that is. uh,
3: Exactly, and I didn't, but I didn't even really start to understand what the trigger was until probably the next year. And so, but I just want to say, I did fall for this, and I just think it. One says John Goodman is an effective actor, and also this is this is a real thing that people deal with, and it it is really hard to like see the truth a lot of times. Uh, I
0: do like that in this montage it ends with them participating in what I assume is going to be some future Mikey month where they're watching a movie (laughs) called Cannibal Airlines.
1: Oh, yeah.
3: Is that what it's called?
0: Yeah. And I've never seen it, but that's got to be a Mikey movie, right? Oh
3: yeah I think Mikey's actually In that movie <laughs> Well and so Hmm What we hear is There are some puzzle pieces Missing They hear a huge noise In the bunker shakes It sounds like a tank Above them It does Yeah, yeah. It's, it's
0: insane It's a big It's not like the car sound You heard earlier No It's, it's like
2: helicopters And tanks
0: yeah. Right?
3: yeah But so I love how This all plays out Because an alarm Starts going off And he's like Oh that's bad Oh yeah At
0: first John Goodman's like Don't worry about it I'm sure it's just A military response You know the first wave Was them blowing up The major population centers And now like mm-hmm the mm-hmm. russians or whatever are like looking for places like this we'll be fine and then right, the, right. what i assume was like a proximity alarm starts going off and he's like oh that's bad and
3: i just liked how that the cadence of that i thought was funny <laughs> yeah um because we find out something is blocking the hatch and that they're going to run out of ble- breathable air and he says here you go here's a way that you can escape and you're the only one who's small enough to fit but can you use this escape route that i'm showing you without realizing what i'm doing to go save the day <laughs> I, I don't i honestly don't think it's
0: that because it's the air filtration system
3: It is. No, I don't think he realized what he was doing. Well, I don't think
0: he's doing that either because the other place is locked. He knows they can't get out because, quote, unquote, Megan or whatever her name actually is, was able to get there and was able to scratch
2: help into the top of it. But he still She still wasn't able To get out I don't think he wants To do it But he just is Oh forced no
3: to. I agree I'm just saying He's now introduced A place that she can go That he can't That's giving true her kind yeah. of That a is true base, He also know? knows She can't get out
0: Like he still has That's Control oh, Even yeah. if he didn't Want her to know About that area He still has Control over
3: it Well and he's Such a fucking narcissist He's never gonna think That he's lost control exactly. And the second he does He's gonna try to Regain it Yeah uh, But it, but I just say This is presenting Her with another option But
0: she does start John McClain. Through the air vent and she like does. does get to the place where the air filtration system is. She turns the breaker on and off twice or whatever, and then it mm-hmm. does work. And then yeah. it, she sort of does some investigating and mm-hmm. sees the back hatch or whatever you call yeah. that. So she climbs <laughs> the ladder, sees that it's locked and also sees help scratched in the door.
3: Yeah, with a little blood. Yeah,
0: and then she gets mm-hmm. down and sees the earring. Maybe she even steps on the earring and then that's yeah. what she
2: sees. Yeah. It's just because that, you know, John Kubin can't leave because every 103 minutes he's got to type in the numbers.
3: Right, exactly. He's got <laughs> is written. this Never. a lost thing? What is happening is. right now? <laughs> so she's fixed this thing and she re- steps on this earring and she picks it up, but we don't see it yet until she downstairs and she's showing John Gallagher Jr. this thing that she stepped on um, and she's showing him and she's like hey he's lying about this because this is the earring that Megan was wearing in this picture and then she shows him the picture of Megan see here's the earring it matches and he's like hold on, hold on that's not, that's not Megan yeah. mm-hmm. and this part really creeped me out like that's my yeah. friend Brittany or like that's somebody who I know from this because small we to town together
2: or whatever yeah mm-hmm. no, we went to school with his younger sister two years younger
3: right and th- her name is Brittany, and she disappeared a couple of years ago and we don't know what the fuck happened to her right and that's when right. th- the second picture falls out um the the shoe to drop if you will and yeah. we see a picture of her, her Brittany, who we've just found out is not megan like sitting really uncomfortably with john goodman but i will also say it's not a sexual pose you know it's not really
0: no but we do see that she's wearing the exact clothing that the exact michelle mm -hmm. is wearing
3: yeah and so this is when they start to realize okay this is fucked up we got to get out um and then they start to hear him coming and emmett's plan bless his little heart his plan is just to get the gun and to try to get him to confess and then i think he says like we can't be the only survivors either and i think it's notable in like when we're looking at the control Element here that John Goodman is not trying to contact anybody, right? You know?
2: Yes, no radio,
0: exactly.
3: Nothing. Because I think any like what are they called? That they're not trippers, they're planners, packers, uh,
0: they're doomsday preppers, preppers. preppers. Yeah.
3: yeah, yeah. Like I think one of the things you want is a CB radio so you can try to communicate. Right. And yeah. he doesn't do that at all, which is really ominous when you stop and think about it. But you don't necessarily notice. He just says, "No, they're all dead. There's yeah. no point." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that fits the narrative that he needs to keep. Her Absolutely. Down it there.
0: reinforces his control.
3: Right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But so but I like that they've introduced that now. And yeah. so John Goodman comes down and busts up their little planning and puts on some song that so now they're starting to make a plan and I we think it's going to involve the shower curtain. Howard is watching uh Pretty in Pink. Yes. Uh, and because it was one of Megan's favorite movies, which is also right. creepy. Um and so Emmett's kind of laying this groundwork and saying, Hey, I don't want to tell you how to run the place, but Well, yeah,
0: whatever Michelle touched when she got down here was probably continuing right the t- too. we mm-hmm. may want to get rid of it and at first John Goodman's like no nah, whatever I'm sure it's fine and then he pauses mm-hmm. pretty and pink and he's like fine so he throws hmm. away gloves, he throws mm. away the shower curtain, and all of that stuff. And then we right. cut to them, them being Emmett and Michelle, fishing it out of the dumpster or whatever yeah. they use for trash or whatever. Like,
3: immediately, too. That was funny. Like, he dumps it, and then they open it up, and it's it's almost like there's a plan montage here. Although it I is. I mean, that, <laughs> that
0: doesn't happen immediately afterwards. I'm sure that's like yeah. a day later or, you know, later that night or whatever. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Well, and so what their plan is, because she was a clothing designer, she's yeah. gonna take the shower curtain and make, like, a gas mask suit or like a suit that will allow her to go out
0: or one of them she only has enough material to make one exactly. of them so they don't really haven't discussed who's going to go
2: out
3: john goodman mm-hmm. decides
2: for they them. do have a discussion where he's like i'll keep him tied up with the gun You oh go
3: out and see you know
0: him. what
2: you're right mm-hmm. you're right absolutely
3: and so okay and this is the charades part which creeped me out too i thought it was super interesting that John Goodman could
0: not think of the word for an adult girl mm-hmm. like and oh, i'm saying it that was way this
2: is so creepy that was yeah. creepier
0: than what happens next like it was 100% and- like he couldn't think of little women. it's like a it's a right.
2: very famous book well he couldn't conceptualize Michelle's character as an adult exactly right. yeah yeah which is like such a Creative, creepy way to, to put is. someone's like absolutely psychopathology on display. Uh-huh.
3: Yeah, and then of course he blames it on Emmett because he can't have actually made a mistake. Yeah, try to be more
0: specific next time.
3: Mm-hmm. But then it's his key, it's his clue, and this part creeped me out too because he looks and he's like. I'm always watching.
0: This part would have creeped me out if immediately Natalie didn't go, oh, it's Santa Claus. Oh, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Like, she was, like, playing along with it. It was hilarious. I was like, Uh oh, yeah, it is Santa Claus. So (laughs) everything he said that was super creepy, I was like, oh, yeah, Santa Claus would do that.
1: Yeah, Santa (laughs) Claus would do that. Well,
2: I think this is another part of that, like, hyper vigilance Mm -hmm. is that, like, we, the audience, immediately know it's Santa Claus because- I, all right we get there fairly quickly. Yeah. But you see them freak out uh-huh. from yeah. the jump. And I think it's a really good I think it's this this taboo game is such a really creative way to show all those dynamics oh
0: I agree completely Mm -hmm. yeah
3: in a way that can still maintain this system for the story because they can Mm -hmm. all laugh it off as a game you know because I mean there's probably part of John Goodman I mean we don't know when he finds out that they've been working on something but I mean he could know at this point you know but so the next thing we see is she's in her room and she's like putting everything under the mattress um, and he says he needs help with something and so now he shows them that he's got a vat of acid in this delightful like common room that they've all been living in and doing puzzles in and he wants to pull it he, they pull it into the bathroom he makes them pull it with him into the bathroom well that's his room yeah exactly and it talks about how it dissolves humans right down to the bone yeah and it's like uh wh- why the fuck do you have this thing and why are you showing it right now and this yeah. is when he says i know what you've been doing
2: yes you think I'm stupid? Yeah. The tension in this scene is mm. it's, I know. No, it's terrible. And because yeah. he's
3: got an exacto knife and the duct tape. So he does. I don't think he has enough information to know what they are doing, but he knows they're doing something. Right. And for a person like him, that's immediately he's going to assume all of the worst things. It's creeped me out how he said this. He's going to give them a chance to tell them what they're up to or they're going in the barrel while they're alive to feel, to feel it. it. Which, yeah. Mm. And he also drops them both in the vassets. And you the see it vas. bubble
0: up. So, you know, and, he's not bluffing about what is in that barrel.
3: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's not just olive oil. He's
2: put people there. He's put toys and stuff. He's put his poops
0: there, Mikey. (laughs)
2: Yes. (laughs) Where do you think those cat puzzle pieces went?
3: Like, Why? Hmm. So then Emmett steps in This was so manipulative And shows me he knows who he's dealing with He's like yeah. I wanted her to respect me The way she respects you So exactly, I wanted to yeah. try to get your gun And that's just reinforcing everything In Howard's fucked up mind right. And he says I'm sorry And Howard good man that he is Accepts his apology Oh yeah he didn't fucking accept shit Yeah, Because immediately
0: he blows his head mm, off man. he like shoots him right in the face In front of Michelle It's so
3: so messed up man mm. it is messed up and it makes me so sad because i love that character so much and i don't think we actually oh, see me it too. like it's we, off-screen, we don't I see
0: think. it no we do see him in the barrel at one point but we don't mm. you don't see him getting shot
3: well and so then we see michelle like losing her mind like a regular person would and him trying to calm her down Yeah, and you
0: hear the high-pitched ring of like what it would sound right. like if you shot a gun off in that confined mm-hmm. space yeah
3: and he's trying to calm her down and saying you're safe now uh, and now it's just us which is Is the way it's supposed to be. He says that. The next part isn't something you should see. So why don't you go down to your room?
0: Yeah. And she's like getting the hazmat suit ready, right? She is. Because apparently her fashion school taught how to, you know, how to survive an Apocalypse 101.
3: It did. That was one of the challenges in the early episodes. (laughs) When there were a lot of people, it was a team challenge. Right. Um, Absolutely. But she's looking through Emmett's wallet and she sees that the bus ticket is still there. Yeah, the bus ticket that he was
0: supposed to take is
2: there. Yeah. I know. And
0: then when you see John Goodman come to her room with the ice cream, Mm. He is in a button-down shirt. He's uh-huh. shaved. It, and he's like I bringing know. her treats. Why don't we it, it, do dessert before dinner tonight?
3: Ooh, because we can do whatever we want now because it's just us. Which, yeah. Ugh.
0: He pretty quickly sees the stuff he under does. her quote unquote bed.
3: Because the screw from the vent falls out. Yeah, as that's right. She's walking out, and that's where she's put the gas ugh. mask. Um, and one thing I love about this movie is they don't like he doesn't almost see for five scenes like right. he almost sees and then he immediately sees you know they yes. don't drag that stuff out and so he finds out he sees what's going on and then she locks him in the room yes and runs out into the common area and sees Emmett in the acid which is so sad yeah I was
0: like no not like mm-hmm. this I don't want to see this uh,
3: I know and he's no. as he's chasing her he's yelling like I saved you and this is how you repay me and just kind of laying that guilt in yeah
0: it's really it's very intense, man. It's, it is. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah.
3: And well and he says, This is how you repay me and she says, No, this is and Oh, and then kicks- she starts
0: to play the floor as lava with him and he fails super hard at
3: it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean literally he falls super hard <laughs> into it. Yeah. Oh
0: yeah. Yeah,
3: Um, because the floor is not lava. It's acid now Right, because she kicks over the acid and it spills on the floor and he falls into it. And she's like she's like in the kitchen of crawl. She's like kind of walking over so she doesn't have to touch the floor.
0: Yeah, she like jumps over everything and, and gets out of the room. Right. Which I don't know how she did, but she does.
3: Because she's awesome. Same yeah. way she jumped over the table the first time she's masked him in the face, you know? Yeah, that's Because she's spry, Todd. Yeah, Yeah, she's she spry as hell. And then she <laughs> ties the hazmat suit
0: around her leg and then uh, climbs into the air vent. And she tries to- And
3: Shawshanks out.
0: Yeah, and tries to Shawshank yeah. out, but she has to get around him stabbing the air vent with this Dude. big f knife.
3: I yeah. know While the place is on fire too Because the acid Oh yeah The, the lamp acid cord. caught on fire Yeah. Now
2: I do like Droopy acid face John Goodman Oh man Ooh, It was so good Yeah Yeah
3: Because he confronts her While she's time ty- Before she starts Shawshank Right um, And he's It's like two face Only we don't see it Clear enough for it to look silly right. I think yeah. You know He
2: doesn't even talk He just makes like Guttural animal noises mm-hmm.
3: And charges He's saying Stay with me He like grabs
0: her leg And then there's that Really really like Big moment
3: Yeah like as She's in the and he's been stabbing up like he also grabs her and grabs her foot and I was like he's gonna gonna cut he's gonna like um, do the pet cemetery thing with her heel with that knife you know oh yeah Um, but it's gross because his skin's all melting off of his hand too and And I think that's kind of yelling
0: like stay with me and stuff and she's like no and she kicks his hand Mm
1: -hmm. and then
0: she gets she gets to the air filtration room Mm
1: -hmm. and then puts on
0: the hazmat suit and she is serving us some curtain post-apocalyptic realness yeah Uh. would you say she's making it work Todd (laughs) she is
3: making it work (laughs) well and she's about to make the lock work too and this is interesting she doesn't have the keys she can't get out but because he had told her that story while he was power move making her stitch up her face about like spraying the lock and then breaking it like she knows what to do and if you notice she i didn't notice she grabbed this as she was like about to kick the thing yeah yeah um so she sprays the lock with a compressed air and she's banging on it and did you guys think of the changeling when she was banging on this lock like when he's (laughs) banging 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 over and over
1: again
2: yeah absolutely i was like i was like i don't think this is to work
3: well, yeah, and I think they play it out long enough so that you think that, and you're like, "Fuck, she's going to die from smoke inhalation." But then it does work, and they—I don't think they overplay that. And now she's out. She's out. She she's sees, out like the
0: cornfield, and she sees the truck, so she goes to the truck, and then mm-hmm. she's been out for like 30 seconds, and she ruins her hazmat suit.
3: I know, man. <laughs> it's almost like it was made of cheap material, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but she's panicking, and she's trying to close it, and she gets it closed, and then she sees a flying V. Yeah, the birds are back. The earth is healing. Exactly. <laughs> (laughs) and and so and so she takes the mask off and we realize like there is no toxic air it's i
2: still not would not have taken the mask off because it's like birds are different than me so like i don't know
3: they still need oxygen to
0: survive so like i understand the thought process yeah but if it's like
2: a biological weapon or something i
0: mean i get that well
3: but it turns out the air is fine though because we don't know if it was a nuclear thing and so we're led to believe that she was fine and i love that they did that because i think it plays into john whole dynamic is that there is a threat but he's taking it and he's twisting it to make it suit his own narrative you yeah know?
2: which is why i love that there's an actual
1: threat
3: i do too yeah that it's not all in his head it's that because like yeah. what happens is he goes down in there and they do not try to access any news after that so they just start spinning and spinning and building this thing up into whatever mm-hmm. suits their narrative and what suits his narrative is that the air is toxic so you can't ever leave this place you know but so she <laughs> starts to hear the the Jurassic Park noises again and then she looks off and she sees these like not helicopters they're like alien copters it's a flying saucer yeah yeah yeah, kind of yeah and she's hearing bombing and then like the
0: flying saucer thing flies over closer to her and then lands in the cornfield, and she runs and mm-hmm. sort of hides in that little pig pen.
3: Yes, that's right, and then but, the, like, there's something around her explodes at one point. Oh,
0: the explosion, Jen, is the, like, fire in the bunker explodes. Yes, the bunker, bunker explodes. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. right. That's what yeah, I just is. thought
3: it was, like, alien And ship. that's what
0: calls the saucer, or whatever it is, over, because it notices comb, that, and yeah. then lands and goes to investigate, and so mm-hmm. she runs into the pig pen, and then looks out, and that's when you see the alien for the first time kind of right. sneak out by the car.
2: If you you are looking carefully, Todd, the, the UFO comes by the explosion and drops the alien off.
3: Ah, uh, okay. And so she, like, sets her own car alarm off to try to distract it. And I love how we kind of just see just a little bit of it. And if you noticed earlier in the movie, John Gallagher Jr. was talking about, like, alien worms, you know, which I think is cool that that's what these things look like, you know? Yeah, at least they're
0: mouths. But it wasn't right. her car. It was the um, the lady who came to the, the door's car because she has to go and grab the keys out of her pocket, and she's also in the pig pen. Right. And as yeah. the alien's poking his head through, mm-hmm. like, where the pigs go in and out of the pig pen, she, mm-hmm. like, sounds the alarm off on the lady's car. And then it right. runs to the car.
3: So now she's running to the farmhouse, and like there are lights on, and she's trying to like call for help or something. And then we see this giant alien ship like rising up from the much, farmhouse. much
0: bigger than the last one we saw. Mm, yeah. It's Not, really. It's the cool. same one.
2: It's the same one. It's just closer.
0: That that could be proximity wise, it could just be closer. Right. Yeah. This movie goes from like a single location sort of like torture, like the room sort of uh-huh. movie to <laughs> uh-huh. a quiet place real quick.
3: It does, yeah. <laughs> Not even to a yeah. quiet place, like War of the Worlds, real quick. <laughs> oh yeah yeah yeah. Want- yeah. that's fair i yeah. can't tell
0: you how many times i wrote what the fuck is happening in my notes at this point i like or just like oh shit because it's mm. crazy it is
2: crazy. i like the moment where she's like the fuck yeah right, <laughs> right. Yeah.
0: oh well because this big ship orbs up on her and starts putting out this gas and then she puts on the mask that she took uh-huh. off when she saw the birds so the gas sort of passes over her and she's fine because she has the mask on right and then she sees the other alien Maybe not Mm -hmm. other, but the alien the ship dropped and it starts to run at her and she gets in the truck. But before she can close the door, it like is right there and it sucks her mask off her face. Uh
3: huh. It's like, oh, "Oh, what the fuck? I know, dude. And then like the big ship picks the truck up and is like pulling her in. But luckily, she brought that bottle of whatever with her. Yeah.
2: Pulls her up with tentacles. I think we need to be pretty clear about this. It's not some ray gun or magnetic. (laughs)
3: So, she's getting tractor beamed up, seemingly without anything touching the truck, pulled into- it's, I hate you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, it clearly is tentacles. It's an organic technological spaceship with a yeah. fucking mouth that's going to eat you. Yeah,
3: Exactly. Yeah, I do think it's a really cool creature design, and it's unique, but it's not so outlandish that all you're thinking about is how weird it but is. But also,
2: the tentacles gently put the truck like three-fourths of the way down before it lets go when it's blowing up. Because they yeah. just
3: drop, but they're still stuck, which I thought was really cool. But so, before yeah. that happens- she's made this Molotov cocktail out of this bottle of whiskey and she just has the best like i think it's even left-handed aim in the world yeah she like roll like leans out the window and throws it and waits till the little mouth that does not look at like a butthole at all opens.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, Dan, what do you wow. do for your life I mean, but yeah she she tosses that Molotov cocktail into that brown hole and it explodes everything yeah
2: this alien does not not consent to this kind of
0: no backdoor action and you gotta get consent and if you don't things are gonna explode
3: exactly and that's on you that's when
0: shit happens anyway it blows up
1: (laughs) 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 yeah it does blow up and it it, does because
3: the
0: tentacles are sticky it like extends the tentacles all the way down Mm. and it like slows her descent and it, right. so she doesn't right. she doesn't like die when yeah. it falls from 40 feet. It sort right. of does make sense. But the thing about those old trucks is no airbags.
3: Yeah. All right. So she's now in her car again and she and it starts and she's driving away, but not before she runs over <gasps> the name of the movie because she takes out the mailbox and the mailbox says 10 Cloverfield. Lane. She ran oh, no. over
0: the address of the movie. I know, it's- <laughs> well, anyway, so she does like drive away and she's hearing mm-hmm. on the radio that there are people
3: in Dallas. In, it, no, it's in Houston and I think Baton, Baton Rouge. Baton Rouge, that's right. Yeah. So I think yeah. the
0: safety is in Baton Rouge. It is. But they mm-hmm. need people to help in Houston. Yes. And so she chooses the life of adventure, and I like that. Because she, she could go towards safety or she could go towards adventure, and she goes towards adventure, and I'm on board.
3: It's going for towards adventure, but it's also going towards helping people because now she has this, that's yeah, I mean. she yeah. knows what to do, and, she, and she's not running away from her problems anymore. Yeah, like, no
0: right. joke, yeah. I want to see a sequel where she gets to Houston and sort of like helps the resistance or whatever. Yeah. I would love to see. And that. she,
3: the actress Mary Elizabeth Winstead, has said she's down for it. I don't think that's awesome. in production, but yeah, I think this kind of completes her arc in yes. the movie because we see her running away, and as in, and, and I'm and the, not saying there's anything wrong with running away because if she had gone to Baton Rouge, that would have been totally yeah, understandable. extricate well, herself
0: from the situation. But what she does is she starts running towards it, which shows that she's taking more ownership of it. Exactly.
2: Well, I, I like the radio message because it was like. Hey, we have safety. If you're a civilian, you're not comfortable. you know, come to Baton Rouge. We have a safe place. Mm-hmm. We're we're in Houston. We need medics and we need people who can fight. Anybody right. who's a survivor. Then mm-hmm. they use the word. If you're a survivor, come to Houston yeah. or whatever. And and like and then she like stops and thinks about it for a while and it c- kind of uses that terminology. And Then she goes, which I I, I like even better. Which I is, do. Yeah. yeah. She she's not gonna. She's not a runner anymore. She's a fighter. She's a survivor. Yes. Right.
3: Uh, yeah. I felt really weird calling myself a survivor for a long time because like mm-hmm. I had to like make myself believe that I was actually a victim of something, you know, um, but that I do think there's a lot of empowerment in that word. And I like, like, mm-hmm. that's the way I think I would prefer to be referred to. Yeah, absolutely. You know? mm-hmm. But so the thing that I love about this ending, and I'm going to link an article that talked about this is because if we're looking at this movie in the theme of um a domestic abuse story because this ending got a lot of backlash and people were like what the fuck where are these aliens coming from what the hell yeah people were really and i think a lot of it was just they weren't expecting it and they didn't quite know how to unpack it did they not know it was a cloverfield movie like i
1: I, I yeah i
0: was fucking thrown off by this movie because i hadn't seen cloverfield but i'd imagine cloverfield addresses the alien stuff right
2: it's got a big fucking monster in it the whole time so
3: yeah okay Well, but so what I love about this movie, if we're looking at it through the narrative of domestic abuse, is it shows that once you are out the door and you're no longer in that relationship, it's not like everything is easy and everything is like sunshine and roses is that it's still going to be hard and you're still going to have to deal with a lot of things. And I like that it wasn't just this Disney ending of the movie is over and everything's happy because I think that's not reality.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And because after you get out of that situation, you still have to do the work of helping yourself get over it and forgive yourself for it. Mm -hmm. Do that work that most people need therapy for. And honestly, there's no shame in that. Therapy is... Amazing!
3: It really is. Yeah, and I mean, just to put it in context, like I was married to my first husband like eleven years ago. You know, and I it took me probably a good eight years to even realize I needed to go to therapy. You know, so yeah, and and it's never it's not too late. You're not like ruined forever or broken. You know, there you can get help, and I think you should. I mean,
0: every day is a new starting point. So it is. Or if you don't want to start today,
3: start tomorrow. Exactly, and it's okay for you to just take care of yourself for absolutely. But this is a great way for you to take care of yourself, also, and. I want to say again, it's not as hard as I thought it was going to be. I'll agree.
0: Uh, yeah, getting into therapy, I was very, very scared of, and my dad sort of made me do, and yeah. I'm so
2: grateful for that. I'm really proud of you, Jen. For well, like, thank you getting out of that and then going to therapy.
1: Yeah,
3: thank you. One day, I would like to be proud of myself for that, and I think I probably <laughs> will. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know if I'm there yet, but and, and that's, that's the, the movie. movie. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, roll- Phew. credits. Thanks for rolling with us on that one, guys. That was a lot to talk about. <laughs> that was
0: heavy. Okay, so let's talk about it though. So having yeah. seen the movie, having talked about the movie, what do you think? Let's start with Mikey. I still really love the movie. Yeah, so it holds up.
2: I think it holds up. I think it's just as scary as when I saw it in theaters. Maybe a yeah. little less because I've seen it before. Sure, you know what's coming. I just think the like the realistic portrayal of like John Goodman's John Badman is uh (laughs) so unnerving absolutely it's Mm -hmm. just i don't i I, and then like you feel for uh michelle the whole the whole movie and Mm i and and, and i think i think this movie like does her perspective so well i think so too
3: i loved it more this time well you're seeing Mm -hmm. it through a different lens i am yeah i'm a totally different lens and i think this is one of those movies where i mean it was received well although it did get that backlash i was talking about but i think this is one of those movies that really benefits from analysis of it and like hearing like i read a couple of articles that picked up some things that i didn't necessarily pick up And so I think there's a lot here that you might not necessarily see the first time you watch it, you know, sure. Yeah, I loved it.
0: Yeah, I thought it was great. I I mean, there weren't that many super scary parts for me. The whole thing is ominous and like really tense, but there Mm -hmm. weren't like any jump scares or anything like that. That's the, the reason for me it felt more like a thriller and I like thrillers. So, mm-hmm. like, I, I liked this movie. I thought it was good. And John Badman is insane in it. Yeah, and everyone, everyone's doing a great job. I just think that he is doing a Tony Collette level performance uh, that I honestly don't think we've seen someone do that well at it until Tony Collette. I mean I think this is a movie that if you're a horror virgin you can and should watch. It's really I quite think so good. Too. I think
2: Bradley Cooper sucked in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right, so let's do box
2: office.
3: Box office. All right,
0: so this movie came out March 11th, 2016. So what do you guys think the budget was for this movie?
3: 5 million? Okay. It is a single location movie,
0: more or less. Yeah. Right? So, Mikey, what do you Uh, think? Seven to 10 million? Okay, okay. You're a little bit closer, Mikey. The production budget was $15 million. And I would say it does sort of have a bigger budget feel because everyone is like, very, very good. John Goodman's an amazing actor. Mm-hmm. JGJ and both the lady who played Michelle.
3: Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Mm-hmm. Were
0: amazing. But I'm sure they were cheaper than like a John Goodman was, if that makes sense. Yeah. Although I think they're doing great, too.
3: I think so, too. But they also weren't very known, you know. Right. And
0: I do think this helped them become more known. I do, too. So... What do you think it made in just its opening weekend, which was again March eleventh, two thousand sixteen? Eighty million. This is just its opening weekend, domestic. Okay.
2: Forty five.
0: Forty five million. Okay, so it was number two the weekend it came out. It got beat by Zootopia that made yeah. fifty one million dollars.
2: Oh, Zootopia was fire though, man. I that know. Was, I love Zootopia,
0: ugh. and Zootopia had only been out for two weeks, but. This movie still made 24 million dollars, almost 25 nice. million dollars domestically oh, in its opening weekend. So it did real well. It beat out Deadpool and London Has Fallen and Whiskey Tango Foxtrot and a few other movies. What do you guys think it made in its full theatrical run domestic? 100 million. 80. Mikey, you're closer. It made 72 million in its ah! domestic run, but ah. Jen, you were really close too because internationally it made 36 million, Woo-hoo! putting it at 108 million dollars, and then it Boom. made an additional 8 million dollars. In domestic DVD and Blu-ray sales So it made a lot of money On that $15 million budget And I definitely understand why they've been making more of these Although it sounds like Mm -hmm. they've only made one more of these And that sounds like it's going to roll us into Some gens. Fun facts. Jen's so, Jen, you got facts. some fun facts for us?
3: I do, yeah. yeah. Hit us with your fun facts. So this was <laughs> um, this was written and directed by Dan Trachtenberg, and this was actually his directorial debut. Oh, wow. Which okay. I think is very impressive. Yeah, um, nailed it, it right on the park. It was produced by J.J. Abrams and some other, I hate to say some other people, but I had never heard of these other people. The other notice, notable person that produced it was Damien Chazelle, who directed La La Land and Whiplash.
0: No shit. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. I, so this is insane because I was a pro- professional drummer for many years, and I still mm-hmm. haven't seen Whiplash. I gotta see it's it. So Wh- oh my good. god! I know oh, everyone so tells me that good. I haven't
3: seen it. And that okay, that is another story of an abusive relationship that's not like a romantic relationship at all. Oh, it's so you'll. Right. I think you'll really like it. It's it's like so a horror good.
2: movie itself.
3: So it was originally it was started as a spec script called The Cellar, written by Josh Campbell and Matt Stuckin. I hope I'm saying those names right um and then bad or paramount i think bought it and bad robot ended up getting it and so they as they were filming it they started to notice like there were a lot of like parallels to Cloverfield, so I think during production is when they decided to turn it into a Cloverfield movie, and they've called it they've called it a spiritual sequel and a blood relative of ah. Cloverfield because the 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 aliens don't look the same at all. Like both of oh, those really? movies can stand independently. Well, you I mean the other one's Godzilla, and I think there's well there's some spidery kind of things. Uh, I mean, they're it,
2: parasites that live on the Godzilla that fall off. Oh, of
3: that's it. right. But because it's found footage, you don't. Never get a clear enough look to really find out too much about it. it is. I think Claverfield is great. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not saying it's not, I haven't seen it. But the cast didn't actually find out that this was going to be a Cloverfield adjacent movie until a couple of days before the trailer dropped, because they told them the title of the movie was Ten Cloverfield Lane, and they had they added in the scene where she runs over the mailbox.
0: Wow. Okay.
3: So it wasn't intended to be Cloverfield. Interesting. Once they had gotten the script, they brought Damien Chazelle in to rewrite it, and so I heard I read some things about the original ending, where she was going to um, leave. Or get out and then realize that the air's not contaminated. And then there were no aliens at the farmhouse, but she was just going to drive to the nearest city and find it that it had been, like, ruined or bombed. Okay. Which I'm glad that they ended, or they changed the the ending. Yeah, I feel like I like this ending better than that, but that wouldn't have been bad either. I do, yeah, I think so too. But, I mean, I I feel like it just says more here. Um, And I think that's partly because Damien Chazelle rewrote it and he added a lot of that domestic abuse element into it, kind of like what you see in Whiplash. Um, He was supposed to direct it, but he dropped out of directing because Whiplash got funding. And so he went Ah, to work on that one. Yeah. Okay, so the movie Mikey was talking about earlier was originally called God Particle. And they kind of did the same thing with it, and they turned it into the Cloverfield Paradox. And uh. that is the third Cloverfield that is on Netflix right now. One thing that's notable about it is the first commercial for it was during the Super Bowl, and then it immediately dropped on Netflix right after the Super oh, Bowl. Oh, yeah, I Oh, that. shit, I remember that, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I've got a couple of Easter eggs. Apparently there are a lot of Easter eggs that I don't think I caught. So if you know any Easter eggs and you want to send them in, we would yeah, love to hear them. send us
0: at us on social with your Easter eggs, because I want to right. hear all of them.
3: Because I know that J.J. Abrams does a lot of Easter eggs like that. Like the name of the gas station is Kelvin. And he has named a couple of things Kelvin. I think there's a Kelvin in just about all of his productions because that was the name of his grandfather. Oh. Um, Ah. I don't know. Isn't that sweet? Um, He actually
0: talks about how his grandfather um, taught him how to storytell. Yeah. Uh, If you watch his TED Talk, it's so Mm -hmm. good, but it's all about that. Yeah.
3: And I think he tries to name things. Like, the visual effects company, I think, is named Kelvin. Okay, the network carrier on her cell phone is BRT, which is for Bad Robot. Yeah. Which is the production company. And this was an interesting one. I don't know. It had to have been intentional. But Mary Elizabeth Winstead drives a Volkswagen Bora in this movie, which is the same car that she drives in Final Destination 3.
1: 3? <laughs> oh, she is, yeah.
3: Okay, okay. and my my last fun fact, the body count here is three, and everybody in this movie dies off screen. Because, oh, yeah. I think That's is interesting. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, it's a small cast, so there's not going to be a huge body count. Although, yeah. I guess you could count all of the millions of people that got destroyed by whatever the aliens are, but sure, it wasn't until I read that that I was like, oh, yeah, we don't see anybody die. And those are my fun facts. Well, thank you for your fun facts Jen before we move on to
0: what we're doing next do you want a Todd fun fact
3: I do want a Todd fun fact so
0: I made the social share for this movie that we were doing this movie not Mm -hmm. having seen the first one and Mm -hmm. I literally googled 10 Cloverfield Lane alien and I photoshopped that in to the social share for it thinking it would Uh be a major part in the movie Oh, yeah. And then, was, <laughs> and then I was watching the movie and I was like, I guess there's no fucking alien. Like, what is it? Right. <laughs> so, so, like, if you go back and look at that social share announcing that we were doing this movie, I spent like 40 minutes getting that that thing in there. <laughs> and wow. That is it so w- It's only in there. For, like, I think I spent more time putting the alien in the social share than the alien is on screen.
3: Wow. I still can't believe you went in not knowing what Cloverfield means. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I have no idea. I'm so happy
0: for you. I know. Yeah, yeah, I know. Honestly, it made it for a cool turn, and I wasn't pissed about it. I was like, oh, shit. What is happening?
3: So let's do some scary scale. All right. Hey, listeners. Our scary scale is a scale we use to rank how scared we were by the movie today. It's not a ranking of the quality of the film. It's how scared we were when we watched it. Our one example is Ghostbusters. Our 10 example is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. All right. Todd, what you got? I want to give
0: this a four.
3: Interesting
0: It's not super scary But like I've lived in a house That was sort of like Really tense all the time Like this When Mm -hmm. I was a little kid And it like gave me Some real like Flashbacks to that Mm -hmm. So like I was uncomfortable While watching it It wasn't super scary It was just ominous And uncomfortable And John Goodman does a really good job of being that narcissistic, controlling asshole.
3: Yep, Mikey. I
2: think I'm gonna give it a five. Ooh, wow! Look at Mikey.
0: I
3: know, not so dead inside today. (laughs) Uh,
2: (laughs) You guys primed my feelings all up earlier. Oh yeah, Yeah. we pulled out some feelings in this episode.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a six along the lines of what you guys were talking about, it just it yeah. brought up some things in my past that were just, yeah, I felt tense throughout this movie. It almost made me sick to my stomach a little bit.
0: Yeah, I was sweating at one point.
3: Yeah. yeah. And there really aren't that many scary big moments, but it's just this underlying current of, like, distrust yeah. and, like, un- you're you're unsafe, you know? It's tension the whole time. Yep.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: And that's our scary scale. All right.
0: So this week, you guys made me watch 10 Cloverfield Lane. What are you guys making me watch next week? I am so
3: excited. Oh, we are get to- you? Yes, next week we are watching deep blue sea <laughs> yes i can't
0: this whole wait. time your hat has been just like a shark fin
3: it has been and you guys <laughs> didn't even see it
0: <laughs> i have been like, oh quoting god. this movie for so long because it's Chappelle show that uh-huh. i'm sort of excited i get to see it oh my god although i'm it's... sure
2: i'll hate it Ugh. because i hate water horror i classify this as a mikey movie
3: Oh, yeah? I mean, I like it because it's got sharks in it, but I mean. I mean, yes. <laughs> yeah. We may be kicking off a month of aquatic-themed horror with yeah. our oh, next episode. Yeah. I
0: 100% am terrified of <laughs> underwater horror.
3: Well, buckle up. June, the month of June is going to be aquatic horror month. And we don't do themes very often, but we just we kept wanting to watch all these shark movies. so we're like, And it's not just going <laughs> to be sharks, but it just happened to, you know, splash
0: up on us. All right, Anyways. guys. So watch Deep Blue Sea for next week. All right, Mikey, so do you have a review for us? Nope, I definitely do not. All right, well, while Mikey is looking up a review. Let me tell you how you can have Mikey read your review on the podcast And simply by going to Apple iTunes and leaving us a five-star text review. And if you want, leave us like an accent for him to read it in, throw some emoji in there, make it, make it fun. You know, give us something to have a little fun with, and then Mikey will read it. Yeah. Usually like a batshit insane person.
2: <laughs>
3: I mean, yeah, that is on brand. <laughs> Mikey, do you have
2: a review for us this week?
3: Here's a short
2: review for you guys since this is going to be a long episode. Okay. Uh Brandon B1117 says, Amazing. I listen to you guys when I'm at work and it makes work even better. Aww. Thank you guys for the great content. Keep it on five you. stars.
0: Thank you so much, Brandon B 117 awesome. for that awesome review. And if you guys want us to read your review, leave us a review. All right, guys. We are a member of the Consequence Podcast Network, which means you should check out all of their great podcasts, like Halloweenies or The Losers Club or The Assembly or Kyle Meredith With or This Must Be The Gig or The Fifth Dimension.
3: Ghost Echoes, The Opus. The Opus, yeah. There are a lot,
0: though. Check them out. There are a lot. And if you want to check them out, they're all listed on their awesome website, Consequence of Sound, and a lot of great articles about both mu- music and movies and pop culture stuff. Just check it out. It's amazing, guys. Check it out. And it if you really want to check is. out our shit, go to horrorvirgin.com. If you want to follow us on socials, go to at horrorvirgin on all the socials. If you want to follow us individually, Jen is at at jen with two n's for ratu Mm -hmm. mikey is at m randolph 24 and i am at todd j awesome and if you want to help financially support the show please do by going to patreon.com slash horror virgin to sign up for one of our awesome levels where you get a lot of great things and a lot of great content we do videos and just a lot of great bonus stuff yeah and one of the things that we do monthly is a monthly listener request which is where Mm -hmm. we came up with this episode so if you want to get it on that get it on the patreon but if you can't financially support the show, but you still want daily free content, check out our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash we also link it on social pretty often, so yeah. you can see the link to it there. And it's honestly daily free content with an awesome almost 800-member community. So it's really, really wow. growing. I know. I can't believe it. It's mm-hmm. awesome. So thank you guys. And honestly, Facebook group members, thank you so much for being awesome.
1: Yes.
3: You guys
0: are literally the best.
3: Thank you for joining us today because that's going to be it for us. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just finished working on my shower curtain suit, and so I'm about to try to smash through some windows and get the hell out of here. <laughs> I'm Jen I is serving us sh- some post-APOC sh- realness. <laughs> well, on you, that note, <laughs> I'm Jen. <laughs>
0: I'm Mikey. And I'm your Horror Virgin Todd, guys.
3: <laughs> Have a great week. Bye. Mm,
2: I just need that acid to clean some stuff in there. Badman
3: nerds. <laughs> Local man burns down house. <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: all the toilet paper crisis.
3: You still
0: have to wipe. Even if you're dissolving your poops, you still have to wipe, you monster. You just you just flick a little bit of acid right there. On the... The, no, <laughs> no,
3: no, no, no. This is why we're not uh. quarantining with Mikey. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this and he gets re- re-exposed every two weeks. Exactly. <laughs> <Jen>. <laughs>
1: Consequence Podcast Network.